Brian, and of course, with me as always is Nez. What's up, man? Yo, man, what's going on? I'm just I'm living. That's all I can say. <laughs> yep, same here. Yeah, um, I might as well let you guys know as well. Um, it, it was, it, I guess it was bound to happen. Um, already couple of guys in our family uh, here in our podcast family with the horror returns. Lance got it. His wife got it. Uh, now my wife, uh, she tested positive uh, yesterday and fucking uh, she's been sick for a while and she thought it was just a regular cold because she didn't her symptoms were like just like a cold and I, I don't know what happened. She w- went to work, got tested and they told her, so they told her to leave, and then they called me and said, well, you better go home, too. And I was like, fuck, I was just off for like a week from being sick and talked to my boss, and she was like, just to be safe, just stay home and, and get through it. She, My boss also had it as well, and she was like, oh, my God. I mean, it just, it's going through everyone. I mean, it, it's still out there, so everyone just... Be safe, man. My wife, she's as safe as she can be, but um, I, I don't know. You never know where it's gonna where it's gonna come from. So, yeah, it's hard to wash and wipe off everything you you touch or or bring home. I mean, that's what I usually do if I go to the store. I wipe off stuff before I drink it or open it, need it, and before I put it in the refrigerator and all that. But I don't know. We'll see. I'm hopefully I'm. I'm going to be all right. I mean, that's knock on wood, but um, I think more anxiety, if anything, right now that that's, that's bothering me. But uh, we'll see. We'll see, everyone. Just uh, think good thoughts, and I got to keep doing this for you guys every week. So I'm going to be like Lance and be a soldier. He was sick and still <laughs> still, still recorded, so hopefully uh, I'm going to do that. But. <laughs> Uh, you check out uh back uh not backlash uh what the fuck was the pay per view called TLC? Yeah, some of it, not all of it. Um, I watched. Uh, the was it was the women's the first one with Nia and Shayna Baszler and all them. I think so. I don't. Oh. It that that pay per view is so. I don't know. I barely remember anything from it. Um, no. Um. Shit, who started? Wasn't it um um uh, fucking God damn it. The the champ right now. Um Drew McIntyre uh, and the AJ Styles? Is that who he wrestled? Yeah. <laughs> I can't even remember. And then Miz came in for a minute and wasted his oh, that's uh, right. his money in the bank. <laughs> 
how much love they give you, Miz. Oh, man. He's been, he's been the champ too many times, man. He, he, he doesn't need it, but... Uh, I mean, I thought it was good. I mean, once they started breaking in the ladders and the chairs, I mean, they they kept messing up at times, but they were um, they were out there doing it, and I mean, and they were they were slamming hard on those chairs. I thought at one point, uh, Drew McIntyre was just gonna just lay there because he looked like he hit his leg hard on one of those ladders. But I don't know. Who, okay, <clears throat> who's the big black dude with um, AJ? I mean, I'm I'm in and out on just the regular shows. Uh, I, I don't really know. I, I just actually watched a video where they were talking about him. I guess he's had three character changes within the past year. Because okay. I think he's a ex-basketball player like from overseas that they signed him to be a wrestler because he's like 7'3". And I think he... I forgot what his first character was, but his second one, he was like a bouncer when they were doing that Raw Underground uh, and now he's like AJ's bodyguard. So I don't know. He he never does anything but stand around. And John Morrison, man, I think they're just bring, bringing him along for uh, the Miz. I'm just like, he was fine when he was on his own. Why do they have to pair him up with someone? But I don't know. Um, I didn't watch all of it. I didn't see the last match. Oh, the... The Fiend and Randy Orton. No, I didn't even watch that one yet. I think yeah, the last thing I watched one is a. It's stupid. <laughs> when I watched my girl, the boss, when she took on um, Oscar, that was good too. But you knew, <laughs> so no, 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 not Oscar. I mean, because uh, Oscar fought with um uh, uh, the the Sasha Banks. What's her name? Yeah, the Queen of Staten Island. Island. (laughs) uh, Carmella. Yeah, ooh. But, yeah, she's getting better. I mean, you know she was hired for her looks, and then... That was the worst reintroduction, that whole thing they did, like somebody new was showing up. Yeah. It was just Carmella. (laughs) I was like, I, I like her original music. I didn't like... This one and the 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 moonwalk and <laughs> she still does it and I know Corey's tearing it up. Is he still wrecking it? Uh, I think so. I don't know. Cause the other match was Oscar and then they uh, the return of Charlotte Flair. She came back and against Nia and um, what's her nuts? Shayna Baszler. Mm-hmm. I'm just must never really look at her that much. I didn't realize how. How much junk in the trunk she's got, Shayna? <laughs> oh yeah, I was never paying attention because I mean I like her because she always just goes in and kicks everyone's ass. But uh, I was really checking her out this time. Uh, sorry, <laughs> sorry, ladies, I'm, I'm just the, the dirty old man. But um, ooh, Naya, uh, I'm with that. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm all about that. Yeah, I, I didn't like the. Uh, Charlotte comes back and they slap a belt on her right away. Well, <sighs> she was all in the NXT stuff, right? Why did she go there? I don't know. It was I. I felt like they wanted to just slap slap another belt on her at that time. Uh, what's her name? Got got screwed in that one. Uh, Rhea Ripley. Yeah. Um, they. 
I don't like when they bring people down to bring them back down to NXT. Man, the whole Finn Balor thing. I mean, did they don't need all these people that are already on on the big shows already? I mean, NXT yeah. is their own brand. They got their own um, guys and gals, and they kick ass. They don't need to bring all of these big names uh, in there just to give that their that brand a push. I mean, they don't need it. I mean, I think I've always said this: the the talent on NXT is a million times better than what's on Raw and SmackDown. I mean, nothing against all of them, but they they don't go as hard on those shows. They go hard in the pay per views, and then every now and then on the regular show, but. NXT, when it's just regular stuff, regular shows, they go hard. Um, the house shows are hard. Every time NXT takeovers, they go hella hard. I'm like, you don't need all these people that are already on the big shows. But, you know, I guess they need to hire me uh, to <laughs> let them know that. I mean, I'll, I'll battle Vince. Probably won't last very long, but uh, I would yeah. let them know. I was about to say, you know, you know where all the... The ideas come from. Uh, oh man, but I don't know. I, I I'm still gonna finish it. Um, I was kind of going over. Uh, we're getting ready to start on E Society. We're getting ready to start doing our um best of lists, and I had to um watch uh Royal Rumble. I mean, before everything happened, man, I should have fucking went to that. Kicking myself when I was watching it because I had a ticket. They're ready for me. All I had to do was go there and go, but I was like, ah, I don't really want to go. And then uh, Edge came back, and I was like, ah, oh, I should have been there for that. And then the world shut down. <laughs> so I was like, fuck. But, <laughs> but yeah, spoiler alert, everyone. That that's my uh, number one sport moment of the year: uh, the return of the rated R superstar. Because uh, I was hyped when that music kicked in. I was, if I was there, I probably would have cried. Because my buddy said, man, I ain't going to kid you, man. I cried. I was like, what? He goes, it was too emotional. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's get into this uh, first movie tonight. Uh, finishing up the Christmas season with, of course, yes, it is a Christmas movie. They both are Christmas movies. Die Hard and Die Hard 2, Die Harder. That's a stupid name. Uh, let's go with, of course, we're going to start with Die Hard. Let's go to Google. New York City policeman John McClane is visiting his estranged wife and two daughters on Christmas Eve. He doesn't go visit them. He joins her at her, no, excuse me, he joins her at a holiday party in the headquarters of the Japanese-owned business she works in, but the festivities are interrupted by a group of terrorists who take over the exclusive high-rise and everyone in it. Very soon, McLean realizes there's no one to save the hostages but him. Okay, let's go to IMDb. An NYPD officer tries to save his wife and several others taken hostage by German terrorists during a Christmas party at the Nakatomi Plaza in Los Angeles. Were they all German? Uh, I figured they were. I mean, he kind of mentioned that from the the German cigarettes and all that. Well, I know. Al Leong wasn't German. No, I think they just... He was a... uh, 
Yeah, crook, crook for hire. Yeah. Action Returns Hall of Famer Al Leong. He's been in quite a few movies we talked about. Did they ever say his name? I mean, he's listed as Uli, but I... I don't remember hearing anyone's name. <laughs> Honestly, the only only thing I remember him doing was getting that candy bar. <laughs> well, he had like a line uh, uh, towards the end when they when they were up on the roof, but I think that was it. All right, let's see. Uh, directed by John McTiernan, uh, produced by Lawrence Gordon and Joel Silver. Screenplay, screenplay, excuse me, everybody. Uh, Jeb Stewart, Stephen E. D'Souza, uh, starring, let me get the full list right here. Of course, Bruce Willis is John McClane. Alan Rickman, rest in peace, is Hans Gruber. Alexander Gutenoff, Bonnie Bedella, Reginald Bell Johnson, Paul Gleason. Deborah White, William Arthington, Clarence Gillard, Hart Boncher, and a bunch of other people. Al Leong. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, uh, what's his name? Another uh, Action Returns alumni, Robert da- Davi. Or Davy, how do you say his last name? Oh, Agent Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> Not related to the other Agent Johnson. Yeah. And um, she's not listed on Wikipedia. Wasn't uh, Mary Ellen Trainer on here? Oh, she was. She was uh, one of the news ladies. Yeah, rest in peace to her too. Uh, she she's in the Action Returns Hall of Fame too. She's been in quite a quite a bit. Wasn't she in the Lethal Weapon movies? Yeah, she's in all yeah. four of those. Uh, what's his name? Uh, she got killed with a punch in. Uh, what was it? Uh, Action Jackson? Yeah. <laughs> I still don't get why I got to go back and listen to that. Why was it three hours? <laughs> All right. Nez. What did you think of Die Hard? Oh, this movie is awesome. Um, this was one of the movies we went and seen something else. And... I remember coming out of the theater, whatever we saw was like, man, that was kind of whack. And uh, it was still a little early um, in the evening. So, you know what? Let's go see Die Hard. That looks cool. I went, All right. We didn't have no idea what that was. We just went in and sat down and walked out of the theater like, oh, my God, that was fucking hella good. I mean, it, it was like that was so juiced. I was like, man, I went and got my dad. And we went back the next day uh, and, and watched it. And my dad and my brother's. Because they were like, well, what's it about? I said, oh, man, these these guys take over this building. And uh, that dude from Moonlighting, uh, at that time, he was <laughs> known for Moonlighting. I mean, he they, did, they didn't even want him for this film because they didn't think he could hold it. He can he could be the main uh, main star, much less be an action star. So, I mean, that's at that point in the 80s. I mean, that's all Moonlighting is what I, I remember him from. Yeah, I remember watching this video, or not a video. It might have been that thing that was on Netflix. Uh, how did how did this get made, or movies get made, or something? Oh, I remember movies that made us. Yeah, yeah. I think they were talking about how they had to change the poster because he was on it, and people were like, "The guy from Moonlighting is in an action <laughs> movie," so they had to change it because of that. I mean, because we didn't. 
We didn't really, I mean, Moonlighting was an okay show. I mean, it wasn't something I watched every week, but I knew what it was. And I knew who Bruce Willis was only because of that. When did um, uh, Blind Date, it was a Blind Date, like that one movie he did with Kim Basinger, was that before this or after? Because that's when um, I, I was really starting to, uh, let me see. Blind uh, oh, yeah, was Blind before. Date. Yeah, it was the year before. Cause the blind date was eighty-seven. All right. See, I only knew <clears throat> knew him from the from that as well as Moonlighting, and I was like, okay, cool, whatever. But then when no way Moonlighting, no, yeah, Moonlighting it was in ninety-five. So, but I was like, okay, he's a comedian, and now that's why I was like, okay, he's an action star. All right. I mean, I had no idea it was gonna be what it was. I mean, I was just. All right, okay, cool, whatever. We sat there, watched it. I mean, as it going, I mean, once once the action kicked in, it didn't stop until the end. So I was like, man, that was hella good. I mean, this was what in in July when this movie came out, so we weren't even thinking of uh, the holidays yet. When we were right, this was a summer blockbuster. I think it was one of those movies at the time when it came out, nobody knew what to expect because we uh, they were dropping movies all summer. Uh, especially in 88, because I know um, uh, Young Guns, the first one came out, and we were on a high with that. And I can't remember what else else came out that summer, but I, I just remember like, oh man, this was, it was hella good. It was a change from how I was used to seeing Bruce Willis, being just a slapsticky comedy guy. And if you guys have seen Blind Date, that movie was hilarious. I know a lot of people don't like Kim Basinger, but I, I can deal with her, but that movie was hella funny. So I was thinking, all right, this guy's a comedian. And I knew he was a musician and a singer because he had those things on HBO every now and then, the Return of Bruno or whatever the, his band was called. So I wasn't really expecting much. So, But man, by the time the movie was over and we were walking out of the theater, I was like, man, that was hella good. And to this day, I still cannot remember what we saw. We, we saw that. I guess I'd have to go look to see what. What was out that week? Because this was we saw it the weekend it came out. So I'm, I'm gonna have to do my research and see what movies were playing when we when we went and seen that. Because when we went in and when we snuck in and saw this one, there was hardly anybody in there. So I assume nobody knew what it was yet. I mean, once uh, once it was out, the weekend was over. Then it started to get its buzz because then everybody was starting to go see it. Because the second time we went and saw it, it was it was there was a ton more people in there. Because we went, it was a Saturday evening, so let's just say around 7 or 8, we were sitting there watching this, and there was hardly anyone in there, especially for a Saturday night. So, But, I mean, at that time, again, nobody knew how big this movie was going to be, and then it just it just took off. I mean, this is definitely one of my favorite action films uh, to watch, I mean, whenever, but I always watch it around now during the holidays. I uh, usually, it's one of those movies that I save uh, for the holidays and I don't watch it like all year. I watch the other ones, but uh, this first one is just, um, didn't really think of it as a Christmas movie until I got older. And then was, uh, I remember talking to one of my friends' dads and he was like, yeah, man, he goes, that's, that's a Christmas movie. And I was like, okay. That was when I was a teenager. And then, Ever since then, that's all I saw it as. I mean, I know there's a lot of arguments on saying, oh, this ain't a Christmas movie. 
It happened on Christmas Eve and it went into Christmas when all this was going on. I mean, there's even Christmas music in it and, and all this. I mean, there's tons of videos on YouTube saying um, there are arguments that how it's not a Christmas movie. And then there's other videos where they're saying it is so. But it's during Christmas time. Yeah, it, yeah, it came out in July, but it, it happened Christmas Eve and rolled into Christmas. So there's no way around it saying it's not a Christmas movie just because it wasn't all love and singing and all that shit. I mean, I, I like those movies too. I mean, not anything bad of those, but this is definitely a holiday classic and I don't care what anyone says. <laughs> well, I'm here to say it is a Christmas movie. It's set during Christmas. There's Christmas decorations in the background. Run DMC's Christmas and Hollis plays in the beginning he writes uh, the one uh, terrorist he kills, the first one, he writes ho, ho, ho on his <laughs> damn sweatshirt. He even uses Christmas tape to tape the gun to the back of his, uh, to his back that he uses to to kill people at the end. So, the Christmas movie. Got a nitpick about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, really quick. <laughs> Uh, there's no need to. I mean, you guys should have seen this already. I mean, mm-hmm. but if you're listening to us, I'm sure you've seen it already. But if you haven't, it's streaming on HBO and HBO Max, so have at it. All right. I I even said this the first time we saw this. I mean, he's just no shirt, hell sweaty, and I don't know what kind of Christmas tape that was. Super duper extra strength. There was there'd be no way that that tape would stick to his body like that. So I was kind of like, no, but it's a movie, everyone. It's <laughs> that, a Christmas even, miracle. <laughs> even when I watch it now, that's that's the only thing that pops in my head. I just finished watching these both of these films, and I was like, ah, I just it doesn't stick with me. I mean, that I don't know. It's it's something stupid to to, to talk about, but I don't know. It just it bugs me every time I see that scene, but that's me, everyone. I'm sure it bugs some of you, too, but uh, yeah. Um, what did you think of uh, Alan Rickman as Hans Gruber? I think he's an iconic villain because he's just he never really loses his cool throughout the movie. And I like that he I like that everything was planned out. To the point where, like, some of his guys didn't even know what was going on. Like when they were like, "Oh, he's telling, he's on the, he's on the, the walkie-talkie, telling all the business, you know, telling the police this and that." And he was all, "Yes, uh, I know. It's according according to plan." You know, he he had everything worked out, except for, of course, John McClane. But um, <laughs> I love the scene where uh, <clears throat> where he uh, switches accents when he actually meets John McClane. And uh, they have that little uh, back and forth there. Um, would have liked to see, I mean, it's an iconic death, him falling out the window, but I, I wish he would have done more because it seemed like McLean fought damn near everybody or had bigger moments with like lesser people, lesser terrorists. He had bigger moments. So I wish uh, they would have gave him uh, Hans. They would have gave him more to do at the end. But uh, yeah, iconic, iconic character, you know. And I believe this is one of his first major movie roles. This is the first thing I had seen him in. Um, 
Yeah, he he is. He's an iconic bad guy. I mean, when you think of evil bad guys and all, and all these action films, of course Hans Gruber was going to come up in in the in the conversation. So, like, I, I couldn't even bring up any of the other dudes uh, in the how many is there five movies? Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. Yeah, um, I I don't even remember any of the bad guys. Uh, or well, Simon in the third one. That was because Jeremy Irons, which was Hans Gruber's brother, so I thought that was awesome. Um, but he's the only one you really think of when you think of Die Hard. I mean, the, again, five movies. You think of this one, the Nakatomi uh, building. I mean, I would love to go there because I know they had one time they had a screening for it, like how they had put up a big screen out in the street and blocked it all off and. People came and watched Die Hard. How awesome would that have been to go to, to sit there and watch it? And there's this big building that, that it all took place on. I mean, that's what I liked about it because it's actually, it's, well, when I went there, it was actually a um, uh, a Fox building. I mean, their their offices were there. So I mean, mm-hmm. this was 20th Century Fox film. So I thought that was cool from uh, a lot of the stuff I'd learned from that thing on Netflix. If you guys haven't seen, um, uh, the Die Hard episode for the the films that made us definitely watch it. I mean, they really go into a lot of uh, what they did. They talk to the the guys that, that made the film. Um, I don't think they talked to Bruce Willis or anybody. It's mainly all the, the background people, what they did, uh, the the to produ- the producers and everything to to get this film made and all the crap they had to go through. Because yeah. they said that building, the reason they got to use it, other than it was a Fox building. Uh, they were still building it, so they got to go in there and destroy a lot of things because then they they just rebuilt it all because I guess whatever it was at that time was it wasn't open yet. So I, I thought that was really cool. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, this is Alan Rickman's first feature role. He did a lot of theater before. I just watched um, what was that space one? Um, uh, Galaxy Quest. Yeah, I just watched that. It's, <laughs> He's it's also on, funny in that one. <laughs> it's also on HBO Max. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't see that movie in the theater. I saw it when everyone was talking about it. Because I, mean, I was never really that much of a Tim Allen fan. But one of my friends was like, dude, you got to watch this movie. It's hella good. So he, he let me borrow it on VHS. And I was like, fuck, man. I said, this was hella good. I love this movie. Yeah, Alan Rickman and that was badass. I mean, I liked him in this or in in that film as well. But what was his name in uh, the Harry Potter films? Is it uh, Professor Snape? All right. Sounds right to me. Okay. <laughs> it was good to see him in that as well. So, um I still never seen the very last one yet. I have them all. I just need to sit down and watch it. But um, this movie is awesome. I mean, like I said, once once the action begins, I mean, it, it lays the the story down for you on who John McClane is and where he's from. Uh, it also lays down that you know there's some kind of a little riff in, in his marriage with his wife because he he's a New York cop and she works in L.A. Um, she works for uh, the Nakatomi guy, whatever his first name was. But what did they do? I don't even know what kind of corporation that was. Um, you know, they never said, but uh, Mr. Nakatomi or whatever, uh, he was, he had a lot of money. 
And uh, I don't know. Especially, uh, what's his name? That one guy. The fuck is that one guy's name? That Ellis. was hitting. Yeah, Ellis. I, I don't. I don't know what what kind of job that he would be doing. I guess some kind of stocks or some. I don't know because Ellis was Ellis, Ellis was quite a character in this. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. Other than he was an asshole, and when the boss walks in and sees you sniffing up coke off the table, uh, I, I, that must be a cool boss. I mean, <laughs> to go at to look the other way when you when your employees are doing drugs. Yeah, he was a super <laughs> asshole. He got that one scene when um, they're all standing in the room together with uh, Holly and John, and then he's all, uh, show him the Rolex. And she's like, no. And he's like, go ahead, show him the Rolex. A little something we got her. And I'm like, looking at uh, Mr. Nakatomi, he's just kind of like shaking his head. Uh, like, Ellis, Ellis, he didn't get her that Rolex. Was he trying to get on it? Yes, definitely. Right. That's what I figured. I mean, yeah, I mean, like I said, they lay down the the who each player is, uh, who the asshole is, who the boss is, and everyone else before they really dive into it. I mean, because they're just having a Christmas party, um, just one blowout before. <clears throat> I don't know why they're doing a Christmas Eve, but all right. Um, one blowout before the holidays, before they're off for the weekend or whatever. And then... Um, <clears throat> We're introduced to uh, John McClane first when he, when he gets off the plane, and, and we're in a, also introduced to um, what's this gentleman's name? Devereaux White, Argyle. Uh, Argyle. He is another guy that's also been in like a ton of things. Um, I think one of the first things that I saw him in, he was a little kid. He was in um, the Blues Brothers. Um, he had a part with uh, Ray Charles, but he didn't. He didn't have any lines. Uh, Ray Charles took a few shots at him because he was trying to steal a guitar out of Ray's music exchange. And then I started seeing him pop up here and there uh, throughout some TV, and then this one. And he was also, I think it was that uh, dope fiend in um shit. What was that movie Ice Cube and Ice T? Trespass. Yeah. I, I just got that. I haven't watched it in a while. I need to watch that one again. But he was in that and then a bunch of other things. I believe he was also in that uh, the movies that made us. I know I remember them talking to him. But so yeah, he he hooks up with him and he's just taking him there and he just John just un- unloads his dirty laundry on him, telling him not too sure about what's going on with his wife. <clears throat> All right, everyone, really quick. I don't know if I could do that. I mean, I did it uh, a little uh, right before I got my transfer up to to Reno. I was gone for um, almost a year apart away from my wife because she moved up here to where I live now. And I was just waiting for my transfer. And that was hard enough going back and forth. And that was only like a couple hours from each other. Plane ride. Not coast to coast. John's in New York and Holly's in LA and her two, their two kids that there'd be no way I would be able to do something like that. But that's me, everyone. Um, so we find out that, uh, and when John hooks up with Holly and she's introduced to everyone, uh, he, she introduced him to everyone, the boss and dumbass Ellis. Um, <laughs> They kind of start that they start doing the talk because at this point you really don't know what's going on because because she was like, well, 
the key, the girls would like you to stay at the house with us. And then they, they get into an argument and I'm like, well, he was, he just going to come and stay in a hotel or I, I, I don't know. I mean, they, they never really went into uh, the, the problems other than she, she left New York for her career. And cause I'm sure she got paid more money to, to work over in, in LA. So that was a reason. And I'm sure John just couldn't just pack up and move across the country as well. But no, nah, he gave a good, good, not excuse, but he said he had a backlog of people he was trying to put away and he couldn't just pick up and leave like that. Yeah. I mean, that, I mean, especially, I mean, if, if he, maybe if he was just a, a regular little flat foot he probably could have did it, but mm-hmm. uh, he was a detective. So that would like, like you said, there was no way he could just, all right, I'm out of here, here. I'm going to hand you my cases uh, to, to the next guy. But So they kind of get into an argument. She's like, you know what? Just do what you got to do. I'm, I'm going to go party. And this is when we're introduced to uh, Hans, Hans and uh, the rest of the, uh, the Gruber bad guys. <clears throat> and that's what I loved about the 80s. I mean, I've said this before when we've been talking about these 80s action films. All the bad guys got to have long hair. <laughs> long flowing blonde or, or or dark hair i mean i liked uh carl uh ooh, i'm not even gonna try to pronounce that last name alexander something um i remember seeing him before i saw him in this film and he was a dancer so yeah I, I think before he was an actor he was a dancer Cause um, I can't remember why I saw saw him. I mean, saw him dancing. I'm never not in person, but like on TV. Cause I remember sitting there looking when when I first saw this when he came on the screen. I was like, where have I seen this guy before? And I, it was killing me the whole time. And I could picture him dancing, especially when uh, when he was fighting when he was fighting with John when he does that one uh, jump kick. It I was like. Okay, this guy's a dancer. Um, when I was walking out of the theater, I was t- t- telling my buddies that, and some lady behind me, well, yeah, he's he, he's a ballet dancer or whatever kind of dancer. I was like, fuck, all right, that's where I seen him. But then, all right, besides, nothing to do with the story. But so I thought he was cool as Carl because he was like um, Carl, <laughs> I guess the leader of the bad guys, <laughs> second in command. Um, what was Carl's brother's name? Uh, they list them all. I'm trying to pull it up. Right. Carl's brother's name was Tony. Carl and Tony. Okay. <laughs> I mean, they don't sound like uh, German names. Yeah, <laughs> Carl and Tony Franco. Okay. <laughs> so. But yeah, I like when they all show up because they'll come in trench coats, everything, long hair. And, uh, they gotta have the 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 little nerd guy with them. I don't even remember his name, but uh, yeah, they come in and just uh, shoot up, shoot, kill the security guards in the front, and then they, they take over the front desk before they start taking over all the the basically the building. Um. The dude that they uh, left at the at the um, at the front desk that that guy he he made it all, all yeah he made it all the way to the end as well, but that guy he he's another one of those that dudes 
because I remember he was all clean cut in this, but I remember him in um, a few other action movies where he looked all rugged. And I remember he looked real rugged in another 48 hours when they got in that big bar fight with uh, Jack and, and, and Eddie. <clears throat> did we do that one or did we just do the first one? Just the first one. Okay. I'm, I don't even remember the second one that much. Speaking of Eddie Murphy, did you see the Coming to America trailer? Yeah, I was a little underwhelmed. I, I like seeing everybody back, but it kind of looked cheap, I guess is the word. <laughs> um, all right. I mean, I don't think uh, some of those characters would be around now. Cause that was that was also in '88, mm-hmm. and 20, 2021 when this is coming out, <laughs> huh. uh, I don't know. But I mean, I'll, I'll watch it. It's gonna be on Amazon, so yeah. And we might we might throw it on Stream Fiend since it's uh gonna be streaming. But yeah, I was a little, I was kind of up and down on it. But I, I I have a feeling I think Wesley might steal the show. I didn't even realize that was him until the second time I watched <laughs> the trailer. I was like, whoa. But, all right, man. It, it's good. I mean, I haven't seen Arsenio in, geez, I don't know how long since he's been in something. I mean, it, it was cool to, that they brought everyone back. Uh, good to see James Earl Jones is going to be in it as well, but it looks like he his character passes away. I mean, that's what I got. So, yeah. I, I don't know. But, um. <clears throat> So once the, all the bad guys show up, they take over the building. John is still sitting up in his room. Um, before he even went in there, he left Argyle. Uh, he goes, here, man, here's my number. Argyle's like, here, here's my number. Uh, if you need me, give me a call. I'm going to just chill down in the, in, the, in the basement in the parking garage in this limo and hang out. So then this is when Hans and all those guys come in and, and, and take over. Then they just basically bum rush the party. And uh, start uh, taking everyone hostage. I mean, in the, one of the uh, the synopsises you read, you read, you read terrorists. Well, I guess in, in the beginning they thought they were terrorists, and then they just turned out to be banger robbers. Which, <laughs> I mean, which which was cool. I mean, all right, it made you think one thing, and it turned out to be something else. Because uh, when they were doing uh, research uh, on Hans. Uh, they found out he was a part of, um, was that a terror terrorist organization he was a part of? Yeah. And then they got that scene where he's negotiating the release of his fellow brothers from, I'm assuming they were from different terrorist groups. (laughs) That was cool. I mean, I like that, how he just started rambling things off, made it all sound all serious. Yeah, he said um, like one terrorist group, and then the I think Carl was looking at him, and then he was just like, "I read it, and I read them in times." Uh, what's his name? Uh, Paul Gleason. Um, let me remember him as uh, the the what was he the dean in Breakfast Club? Yeah, and he was uh, that one guy in Trading Places that was trying to. <clears throat> oh yeah. He was in that towards the end of the film. <laughs> Dwayne T. Robinson, he was the LAPD deputy chief. Paul Gleason is, is good in everything he pops up in. And he popped, he played a good role in this. He was a good asshole 
uh, cop. So, I mean, he, he did his job. Um, so once the <clears throat> they they took over the building, uh, they started uh, shooting. Uh, John hears, and he's like, oh, fuck, he, he doesn't realize, realize what's happening, but he grabs his gun, and he kind of runs out to see what's happening. And then uh, when once uh, all the other guys start searching all the rooms is when John just kind of runs off. This was one thing that I loved the most about this film uh, was he ran around that whole fucking all night fighting for his life with no shoes. Mm-hmm. I, I just thought that was awesome. Uh, I don't even like walking around my house with no shoes, much less running and jumping off buildings uh, <laughs> with no shoes. But I thought that was cool. I mean, I thought that was something um, not creative, but it was uh, it was a good idea to to other than he's trying to fight for his life and all these guys that are shooting at him and bombs are blowing up and, and everything. This He's ducking and dodge, dodging and, and fighting everyone with no shoes on. And um he killed all kinds of fools. Well, then, mm-hmm. except well, that that first guy. Um, what's his name? Uh, Tony. Tony. Yeah, when, <laughs> when he killed it, that guy Tony looked way taller than him, and uh, I don't know why he had little bitty feet because <laughs> he couldn't fit his <laughs> shoes. I was sitting there like, man, I would have cut the toes off and just had my toes hanging out and, and wore them like flip flops. But I, I would have fuck that. I don't think I would have been running around. Yeah, uh, I think it was a little. I think it was a little weak. Tony died from falling down like five stairs. Yeah. I nitpick on that one. <laughs> once he, he starts running and, and Hans and those guys are, are um, we find, well, we find out what they're doing before when they're trying to break into, um, into this big vault. Uh, because uh, they, this is when they, when they take out um, uh, the Nakatomi guy. Excuse me. Oh shit! His name's not Nakatomi. It's uh, Tagagi. Was that his name? Yeah, Joseph Tagagi. Or if I'm pronouncing that right, I've been calling him Mr. Nakatomi. (laughs) That's who who I thought he was too. Uh, Seen this movie a million times. I guess I wasn't paying attention. Anyway, so uh, I liked this scene, man, because that dude, man, he stood his ground. But other, maybe he just didn't know the the codes because they needed the code. Uh, to get into the, to the vault, and he was, he was like, "Well, I I can't tell you. You're just gonna have to kill me." And Hans was straight pimp for this. He was like, "All right," <laughs> just blew his brains out. I was like, "Damn!" Um, that's when I was like, "All right, it's gonna be this kind of movie." I didn't realize how uh, shoot 'em up bloody it was gonna be. So I was like, "Okay, cool, man. You're blowing someone's head off right in the beginning of the movie. Awesome." Yeah, and that's that's what makes Hans a good villain because he was just asking him just just to see if you know they didn't have to put in all that work, but he was ready to shoot him because they planned to put in all that work. So I I enjoyed that scene. Yeah, because it was like I mean his his plan to to, to do what they were gonna do to to rob the place and take over the building. I mean, of course it's always a flawless plan when, when you, when you're writing it down on paper, but once you get going, I mean, they didn't, they didn't know John McClane was going to be there and fuck it all up. But I mean, I thought it was good on, on how the plan he had and to where it was like a strategic, especially with the time. Okay. Well, he had it laid down. All right, we're going to do this, but this might happen. And then this might happen and everything was going on everything. Cause he was like, Oh, just like clockwork. 
uh, the way things were happening, like like when the when the cops and everybody showed up. I mean, he was assuming that was going to happen. So I mean, that that was a good good planning. Um, I assume it was just him and Carl, but I don't know. Carl just seemed like more of just the the muscle here. Yeah. Give, give me a million dollars and just do what I say. Carl seemed to want to kill. He seemed angry the entire movie, even before John McClane. Yeah, he acted like he didn't even want to be there. <laughs> so, <laughs> I guess he wanted to dance. <clears throat> but <Hey. laughs> so once they once they killed uh, the the boss, and they were like, "Oh fuck, what are we gonna do?" And then this is when, um, oh, because when after they shot him. They, uh, John, he, he watched them do it. So he, he, he was hiding under a table and he tried to run and they heard him. So that's when they all go running, uh, Carl and those guys all go running out to go look in, in, in the halls and everything to see if he was there. And then, <clears throat> so, but they do kind of realize that, that something's happening. Some, somebody is, uh, in the building. So, because that's when they sent Tony down, uh, to go check it out and, why was he running around with his big bag full of detonators? Why didn't he just leave them with everyone? I don't know. You're, <laughs> I don't know, Tony. You fucked up. You, <laughs> so did he specifically go see if he can find McLean? Because if so, I, that, that really doesn't make sense that he would take all the explosives and detonators with him. Because I don't think they were doing anything on that floor. Um... Because I know they when they showed them they they when they took over the building all the all the electronics and everything, um, he seemed to be one of the the know it all guys. Because remember when when they were cutting the, the the phone lines and everything, and he was gearing it all up. So like okay, there was a purpose for him. Okay, nitpick. Go ahead. Uh, would would you get electrocuted or shocked in some way cutting those lines with a chainsaw? You would think, but I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not an electrician. We'd have to ask Phil. Yeah, because there's, there's one scene where they use a chainsaw, and then there's another scene, another guy uses an axe. And I'm just like, oh, that, that seems unsafe. Yeah, I, mean, I, I don't know. Especially a chainsaw. I mean, that, that's steel <laughs> going through uh, elect, electric wires, unless they were just all phone wires. I mean, well, I they, were, they were sparking. So <laughs> I, I, I don't know. And, and um, shit, I forgot what I was going to say. That was another nitpick, but I'm sure it'll come back to me. So when Tony goes in there and looking for him, cause he knows he's there. Cause he starts talking to him like, Hey, I, I know you're in here. Uh, why don't you just come out and, and we'll talk. And then, uh, that's when John attacks him. Cause I know he turns on that, um, little skill saw or whatever and then he he goes over shoots at it and then they start tackling each other um to, uh, for the amount of fighting that <laughs> that, that, that John McClane got into man I'm surprised he was able to walk at the end because he, he fought fucking I don't know how many terrorists throughout this whole movie or robbers because <clears throat> when he tackles Tony and, and they start throwing each other around then fall down the stairs Another nitpick, um, you know, especially when, when they when they have the stunt doubles, the stunt guys to to do all those the the, the big stunts for us. Mm-hmm. Um, especially in this film, you can clearly see many times that that's 
that's not Bruce Willis fighting. It's like, I know they probably <laughs> always say, try to keep your head looking this way. And I'm sure it's hard, especially when, when you're fighting and everything. But man, there was many times you can clearly see that that wasn't him. But nitpick everyone. But yeah, like he only fell down like a few stairs. And then I assume he broke his neck. Because he just, I mean, John, John would have, he, they were both hugging each other as they were rolling down the stairs. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Tony, you kind of, your death scene was kind of weak, but I, I guess it was necessary so McLean could get the detonators so he would have something to negotiate with. But yeah, I don't, it didn't even look like a, cause I've fallen before down some stairs and that looked like nothing. Yeah, it didn't. It's not like he picked them up and threw them down the stairs. It's like they they cleared a lot of it and then just rolled. But I don't, I don't know. Um, because he had the detonators in it, and I think he had a few blocks of C four mm-hmm. in there. So I assume while all that was going on, somebody was on the roof, uh, going to town, uh, with all that with the rest of the C four, but. I don't know. They they didn't really show any of that. So, is it? Oh, this is when after he kills him, and then yeah, his shoes don't fit. He he grabs the gun, and he grabs the bag. Cause then he is this is he hiding in the elevator? Yeah, he's hiding in the elevator. Cause cause remember he, that's when he wrote ho ho ho. I got a I got a machine gun now. Yeah, that was when he was sitting uh, in the chair in the elevator. Cause when it opened up, that's when they came in and saw him. He was, uh, John McClane was uh, hiding up on the top. He was looking down. He was listening to them, but they were speaking German, I guess. Yeah. And, but when he was, uh, he was writing names down uh, on his arm. He only wrote, I think he only wrote Hans and Carl. That was about it. So, <clears throat> shit, what happened after this? Uh, this is when, uh, does some, he has one of the radios and he's trying to, uh, call 911, but That's they're, they're, they're not believing him, but they send, uh, this is when we get introduced to Res- Reginald Bell Johnson's character and, uh, he's taking a call and they're just basically sending him there to see if it's a prank call or not. All I see is Carl Winslow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I see. So, um, is he still alive? Oh yeah, he just did some kind of. It was like a Christian movie or something. Kind of seemed like straight to straight to VOD type stuff. <laughs> okay, well, man, you got to work. So yeah, um, yeah, we're introduced to him. Cause he, uh, John was up on the roof. He ran. He went up on the roof. I want to know what they were. They really shooting the film on the roof of this tall building? Cause I don't think I could have. I'm I'm scared of heights. But <laughs> I mean, were they were they really? I, I there's some parts where you can clearly see they weren't up there. But I want to know where were they really running around up there uh, on top of this building. Uh, I don't. I don't remember if they said any of that in that uh, in that show on Netflix. But when he's up there, he's calling because he he took one of the he took the radio from uh, Tony, <clears throat> and that's when he started calling, uh, trying to get a hold of the cops. And and I, I don't think 
those 911 dispatch ladies or whoever they were, police, I don't think they would be the, ah, well, you, this is a restricted line, get off of it. Because uh, from what I understand, you're not supposed to be on those on those lines. And uh, a, one of my buddy's friends, he said he did it by accident because he had some kind of radio. And he said they came instantly. <laughs> and this, it was like, if you don't get off or get off the radio, we're, we're going to come get you. He was like, he goes, I don't even know how long he was on it, but they like knew where he was <laughs> and they came and got him. Uh, he didn't get arrested or anything. I think they took the radio from him. But, but anyway, so he, he was calling, he was calling the cops and arguing with that lady. And then this is when uh, they all come running. Oh, cause um, uh, Hans and the rest of the gang, they could hear him talking to to the uh, to the cops and they were saying um well where could he be be and then they said the roof and that's when that Carl and, and the rest of the gang all go running up there and he's still up there and then they just they start shooting because that's when he's like ah he, he runs and he goes hiding and that's when they called uh Carl Carl um Al Powell uh, <clears throat> Reginald Carl Winslow <laughs> when they called him <laughs> And then he goes, uh, he, he walks over because when he gets the call, he walks over and looks at the at the building. And uh, I assume you. The sound go up because I don't know how come he didn't hear the gunshots. I mean, I hear when back in the day, man, when I heard gunshots blocks and blocks away, we can hear it. But I don't know. I guess you just. They couldn't hear because that was machine gun fire when they were up on the roof. Yeah, it, it looked cool though because you could see the sparks from the guns. Yeah, and then that yeah they just so they were having that shootout uh, up on the roof. Um, that's later when he jumps off. He uh, runs back down. Uh, I don't know what floor he, he goes back down a few floors because uh, he was waiting. Oh no! Be, before all that, because remember he pulled the um. The, the fire alarm because he, he was trying to get the, the fire trucks and everyone to come. Yeah. But, but and, then those uh, guys called and told him it was false. Yeah, because they had the one guy that he wasn't German, was he? The guy that was sitting at the front desk? No. Okay. They had uh, some Americans. I mean, I think the only uh, main German guys were the, the dudes that were shooting at him and killing everyone. Because so... <clears throat> Once uh, he gets back downstairs and he's hiding and uh, he um, he sees uh, Carl come, Carl, um, <laughs> Al, the the cop. He's Carl Winslow, everyone. Anyway, so when Carl Winslow shows up, he's driving around and he goes into the building and he's talking to, to the dude because, yeah, we got a call and this is going on. Well, nothing's happening here. We're just hanging out. And I'm watching the game. So he kind of looks around and he goes, ah, fuck this, I'm out. So he leaves and he calls, hey, man, this wild goose chase, nothing going on down here. Everything's all good. Uh, I'm out. So as he's starting to back out, um, who did he throw out the window? Um, he, According to this, uh, it's when he gets into the little gunfight with Marco and Heinrich. I'm oh. assuming one of them was the stupid guy that was reloading his gun and trying to say some smart shit when McLean was under the table. <laughs> oh, yeah, he was the guy. That, oh, that's right. Because, um, uh, yeah, when John went downstairs into that um, into that room to look out the windows, those two guys came walking in, and then he just turned around, drop your guns, drop your guns, and then the first dude dropped, and the, the, the blonde guy, 
he looked familiar. I know I'd seen him in something else, but he, he didn't last very long in this film because he came around. John plugged in, plugged him a couple times, and then the other dude is the the other guy that was arguing or trying to say smart shit. He's the one that had the machine gun because then John was crawling under the table and he was walking along the top trying to thinking he was cute. All right. Uh, <laughs> first off, I mean it was cool. I, I liked the scene and, and it was funny how how it played out, but no way I'm gonna climb up on top of some table. If I know someone's on there, I'm laying down on the ground and, and just lay him down, but but then the movie would be over. So he, he get I love how he gets all the way to the end. He goes, You're at a table, pal. And I, then I can't remember what the hell he said. Something stupid. like I think he said, uh, next time, shoot first or something like that. Yeah, and then John just, just plugged in a couple into him, and he goes down and goes, thanks for the advice. Mm-hmm. I was like, huh. <laughs> I, I, think it was, I think he was he threw him out the window because that's yeah. when he goes up and he sees uh, Carl Winslow down there. And then he's starting to drive away, and they're like, fuck. So he, he grabs that guy. Puts him in a chair, and then push, pushes him out the the window. So I assume, and we don't know how he broke the window, because Carl's backing up, and then you just see that body come falling, and crashing into uh into the car, and then he's ah, he just throws it in reverse and takes off backwards, screaming. Was was McLean shooting at the car too? No, I think um. Somebody else uh, started shooting out the window. Okay. Uh, I, one of the other bad guys. Because I, I was thinking that too. I'm like, why the fuck's he shooting at him? But this, this watch, it was one of the other bad guys that were looking out the window as well. And then I think they it was just what's started. his name from Ghostbusters 2. Oh, that dude. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. That was him. Because uh, he was the one that, that was shooting the, the, the missiles or whatever at that uh, little armored tank later on. Yeah. So he goes falling. Ah, I just loved how he just threw it in reverse and was screaming the whole time. And then he goes driving off that little uh, embankment and he crashes his car. And then finally, all the police uh, start showing up because he's calling, oh, Yeah, I need backup, man. They're turning my car into Swiss cheese. Because, yeah, because they, they, they kept open, they opened fire on him. I mean, even after he fell behind that wall, uh, they were still shooting shooting at him so all the um the police started to show up and then yeah, that's what this is this is when uh that reporter guy over here is on the the police scanner what's going on and that's how all the the media and everybody show up the hell was his name um his name was richard thornburg yeah he is fucking ass. he was the asshole in ghostbusters uh, yeah, the first one, <laughs> the one that <laughs> Douglas, <laughs> he plays that role good. There's another typecast guy. I mean, he's always he's always the 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 dick the the asshole. Fuck, he was the one. No, that was someone else. I was thinking he was a guy that was in the the fly that that he threw up on. But I don't think I, I'm thinking of someone else. <clears throat> uh, anyway. So the police are, are finally there. They're all setting up outside. Um, again, Hans knew this was going to happen. The police were going to show up. So they're still trying to get into the, the building. Um, I think we skipped over when they killed Ellis. Um, because, oh, that idiot. Yeah. Um, I, I think it was either before or, or after all this. I can't remember. But um, 
he was finally like, you know what? I, I got to go in there and say something because they weren't too sure on what the demise was going to be. All the, the workers of the hostages. So he went in there and tried to uh, smooth talk Hans by telling him, uh, oh, no, fuck no, this is it's later. It's later. I think it was after they um they they shoot that uh, that little um armored truck because later because that because that's when they find out who who he is because <clears throat> after that scene after he threw that one dude out the window um this is when Hans is like hey who 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 is this and uh, who am I talking to and and uh, that's when he calls him a cowboy and then he does the yippee kaye motherfucker and and all that I was never really satisfied with that line and I didn't like how he had to work it in in, in all the movies <laughs> but yeah, it's a it's an iconic line so sums the uh, franchise you gotta work it in I know <laughs> so he uh, he's still running around hiding um <clears throat> and then this is when he starts talking to uh Carl Winslow he starts talking to him on the radio because, yeah, because that's when he was asking him uh, who he was. And then he said, that's when he's like, well, what can I call you? And they said, you can just call me Roy. So because earlier he said he was when he was when McLean was talking to Hans, he told him that he was he was fond of uh, Roy Rogers because he called him like cowboy or something. I can't remember exactly what he called him, but. So they kind of got their their little communication going uh, and he was telling them. Or he was telling uh, Carl on how what was going on and and, and everything from just w- the little bit that he knew because at, at this point he really didn't know who Hans and all those guys were, so <clears throat> so they have that going on and then um this the, is when Ellis tries to negotiate yeah not negotiate goes, mediate trying to tell them who uh who uh, John was and he, he basically told him that yeah he's he's my friend he was he was my guest uh, at the party and they kind of gave him the the radio here talk to him and that's when he started talking to John saying that hey yeah buddy uh just give these guys their detonators and and, and they'll get out of here and he goes cuz you're running around messing up everything and that's that's when John was like what did you tell them and he told him, oh, I told him that you're my friend and uh, we've been friends forever or whatever he was saying. And that's when he was like, Hans, do not listen to this guy. I do not know him. I just met him tonight. And then uh, Ellis was like, oh, man, why are you saying that after all we've been through? <laughs> I think at this point we knew that he was going to die because, I mean, Hans, he was about business and he wasn't dealing with no bullshit. Because he already had his gun out just sitting in front of him while he was looking at him. Got Carl and the rest of the guys just hanging out in the background looking at him too. Like they they knew he was gonna he was gonna get killed. Mm-hmm. I wish they would have did no, they didn't show when he got killed. You just heard it. Yeah. Because he pulls out his gun and that's when Ellis was like, Hey man, don't, what 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 are you doing? Why why you got your gun out? And just, I mean, you you knew it was coming. He was just smug and overconfident and he was like Hans, Booby come on I was like oh, you're, talking to, you're, you're, you're talking to these guys like they ain't terrorists or anything I'm like you, you're gonna die <laughs> I wish it would have showed though but he got blasted in the head <clears throat> and then um, 
while all that's going on, I mean, the cops are listening to to this as well. And because even um, the the deputy chief, uh, he was down there going, hey, he just let that guy get killed. And uh, Carl was telling him, like, man, fuck, he goes, there was nothing he can do. Because if he would have answered him, he'd be dead, too. And then that because even that deputy chief was like, how do you even know who this guy is? He could be one of them for for all, you know. And he goes, I know he's not. He goes, I got a hunch. He goes, he's he he he's a, he's a cop. And they're like, well, how do you know that? And he goes, just the things he says, the the how to spot a phony badge and or not, phony IDs and stuff like that. And then fucking that deputy chief is like, man, you know what? He he just didn't. It seemed like he just became the deputy chief, and he wanted to <laughs> to prove to everyone that he could do it. Because he acted like he didn't know shit. Yeah. Because <laughs> you got the one scene, um, like uh, the terrorists are shooting out the window, and Carl's like, or Carl Winslow's like, they're they're shooting at the lights, and then like he kind of repeats what he says, and he he does that a couple times in this movie. Like he really doesn't know what to say or do. <laughs> And I think at this time is when um I mean all during all this every now and then they were going back and forth to uh uh this young black gentleman the the nerd guy the tech dude that was um uh trying to figure out the codes uh, on how to open up the uh the safe thank uh, you oh, was that his name okay so, so he 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 got some of it open um Okay, this is my question. He was trying to figure out codes, which he was figuring out. What was the big drill for if he was figuring out codes to open it all up? I don't know. That looked like unnecessary technical stuff. Because, <laughs> I mean, he was going through everything, doing whatever hackers do to figure out the codes. And there was times, okay, the, this, this code matched, and then part of that lock would unlock. But then he was still drilling, drilling through. I, I don't know. I mean, it's, I guess it's just something to do with the movie. But because <clears throat> they, they kept going back and forth to him because then he was talking to Hans because Hans was like, well, what's going on? I mean, are you, are you in yet? And he's like, no, nah, man, just a couple more uh, layers, layers to go through and, and then we'll be all good. So um, while all the police were outside and everything, this is when they said, all right, bring up the car. And this is when you see this big, little, small, f- kind of a flatbed-looking uh, uh, SUV or look like a little, kind of like a Hummer type of thing. Came rolling up. Uh, I think it was one of those uh, SWAT vehicles. It came r- riding up. Oh, no, no, no. Before before that, they tried to, um, the the SWAT team tried to get in through uh, through the front. And this is when uh, Al Young and all those guys were set up down, posted up down in the lobby. Because when those cops tried to come through, this is when they just opened fire on all of them and just started letting uh, letting the cops have it. And they said not to kill them. They said just to wound them to uh, get the point across. So uh, all those dudes, because the guy that was uh, at the front desk, he was one of them, him and Al Young and, or Uli or whatever his name is, <clears throat> and uh, some other dudes down there, they were all shooting those cops that were trying to come in. And then really quick, um, why didn't they try to come in through multiple sides? They just tried. They just tried to go come through the front door. But anyway. uh. <laughs> so, but uh, so they said they they shot up those guys. Those cops are laying there like ah, they're all screaming on the radio. And this is when they said bring in the car. So that's when that thing comes mobbing up the street. 
and this was stupid right here. Um, why did they try to roll right up the stairs when they could have easily just rolled up those big grassy hills right up to, to the thing? <laughs> Apparently, this was the SWAT team's first day. Because <laughs> they go riding up. They would have made it, but they slammed straight into the uh, the arm, the, not the armrest, the um, the the rail, the handrails. Uh, they went went straight into that and it stopped them. I was like, "You dummies!" I mean, I'm right on the other side of the of the stairs was a, a little grass hill. They could have just drove up that, but it's a movie, <laughs> so they get they get stopped right there. I, th- I assume they were trying to go up and, and rescue those uh, so those uh, other SWAT guys that were laying there because uh, they all got shot in the legs and they couldn't walk, so they were just laying there. And then uh, a couple of Hans guys come running. That dude from Ghostbusters too. Him and some other dude come running in. Uh, they were only like on like maybe three or four floors up because mm-hmm. they they broke out the window and they had this big giant uh, missile rocket launcher thing and they like bolted it to the ground and then they just started firing at that truck. They hit it like twice and uh, I assume it killed everyone in it because it just that thing was just a big old ball of flame because they had, they shot at it twice and they hit it and that's when uh, John I don't know how many floors he was up he seemed like he was uh. Not quite the top of the building, but way up there. And he was like, fuck. Uh. So he ran and he got a, he got one little block of C4 and he stuck some detonators in it. And then he wrapped it up onto a chair and then he stuck it on that. Um, uh, They got that uh, computer monitor and then he tied it onto that chair. He opened up the um, elevator doors and pushed it out. And then it just went. Mm-hmm. And as soon as they hit, just like that whole floor just lit up. And I, I don't know what the, huh. conveniently it was the, the floor that they were shooting the missiles out of. <laughs> I assume it did. I don't know how many elevator shafts are in this building, but uh, I assume the elevator was right there. So I think he just assumed, all right, well, if it stops and hits there, it's going to get them. But um, I don't know the blast radius with C4 is, but it was a little bruise like size of a brick. And I've never seen it in, like in real life, but I'm just my knowledge of C four was movies because when that thing hit, that whole floor blew out, Psh, all the windows killed those two dudes that were in there, and uh, it, well at least it, it stopped uh, them shooting because it helped uh, them go up and get those um the wounded uh, FBI or SWAT guys that were laying there. Is this when the FBI shows up after this? Yeah, Agent Johnson and Johnson. Uh, no relation. No relation. <laughs> I liked when he was on the phone. Oh, this is Agent Johnson. No, the other one. (laughs) (laughs) Those guys show up. And uh, again, Hans knew what was going on because he even said, all right. Because when that one uh, Theo guy was uh, pointing him out, he goes, okay, these are are the guys that are are here to, to, to fix the power. And I don't know who these guys in the suits are. And that's when Hans was, that's the FBI. So and then he said right on time. So he knew he knew they were going to show up. Uh, well, I figured of course they were going to show up if, if he was talking about terrorist shit. Because earlier is when he was telling uh, the deputy chief that he wanted his brothers and his comrades that were all locked up. He wanted them all released. So uh, I guess you got to call in the FBI when stuff like that happens. Um. This next part is a part that I don't understand because um, 
Hans is the one that he goes and checks the explosives to make sure they're installed correctly. Because this is how he, he meets McLean. Oh, that's right. I don't understand. Why does he go check to see if the detonator, the explosives are installed? Um, I think those guys, he was, some other guys were going to go up and check. But then he was like, you know what? No, you guys go down and deal with, uh, with McLean. I'll go up and check. So that's, I think that was the reason why the, the guys with the guns went looking for him. So I assume, um, they must have just went to the wrong floor. Because, I mean, also, no, 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 he was he was already up there. He was already up on that floor because when, when Hans came in and was looking around and then when <clears throat> he jumped down, and that's when uh, John was standing there and then they started talking to him and he, he switched up his game and uh, changed it, changed his accent. He still sounded the same, but <laughs> he, he didn't have that accent. Do you think he knew that uh, he was one of the guys or was he just... Like on a hunch, maybe. I think he kind of did, but he wasn't sure. That's why he they had the scene where he gave him an unloaded weapon. I was like, I mean, he didn't even. I mean, that must have just been quick quickness with the hands, because you see him take the clip out, and uh, I assume he must have switched it up with an empty one, and then. Stuck that in because Hans was standing at the right there in front of him watching him do it. So, but I, I don't know. It was just quick, quick with the hands, I guess. Because then he started talking. I mean, Hans again, he was really quick because when he asked him, Well, what's your name? He said, Oh, my name is Clay Bill. And then that's when the camera pulls up. And all right, really quick. Was this like just an, uh, an office hallway they were in? Because why would that plaque with all the names be on there? Because so, I thought they were up. There, I thought they were up there looking uh, where they had all the the C four and everything. I don't know. That <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's just maybe they they left where all the bomb and everything were, and they went down another hall. Back out into the regular halls. <laughs> yeah, because now I'm thinking about it. That wouldn't be up there because a, a lot of this building is not even finished. Yeah, so I I don't know. <laughs> it was there. It helped. It helped with uh, Hans. So because when they go, all right, well, let's go. He handed him that gun and he turned his back and started walking away. And this is when Hans said something in German on the radio. And then he turned around and Hans is pointing the gun at him. And then he goes, oh, you're pretty tricky with that accent there. And then he starts walking up to him and then he pulls the trigger because he wanted his detonators. And then he goes, whoops. And then he goes, oh, you think I'm fucking stupid? And then he takes the gun away from him. And this is when uh, Carl and those guys come running in because then they just start unloading. <clears throat> and then they came up in the elevator because... Uh, I think it went ding, the elevator dinged, and then the doors opened up, and then they came uh, piling in and, and started shooting at them. Yeah, so. these guys are Fritz, and this is lazy writing because Carl and Tony's last name was Franco, but there is another terrorist whose first name is Franco. We'll be back to our movie in a minute, but first, 
Here's a word from our sponsors. Hi, I'm Cam. And I'm Emily. And we, we are, are horrified. horrified. We Are Horrified is a horror movie podcast brought to you by a married couple who love horror movies. Good ones, bad ones, and everything in between. I know a lot about them. And I have a lot of opinions. So please join us every other Monday for a brand new episode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Google Play. Bye. Bye. All right, everybody, we're back. We just kind of take a little break real quick, man. I was uh, I had to go to the bathroom. So, but um, where were we? Oh, okay. Uh, I might be repeating myself, everyone. But um, uh, so the dudes come. Uh, uh, John is uh, having his little uh, his little meet up with um, not Clarence Barnegar. Um, that's a guy from RoboCop. Uh, <laughs> what's, <laughs> what's his face? Hans um, Gruber. Yeah, Hans Gruber. I don't know why that name popped in my head. <laughs> Clarence Barniger. Have we done that yet? Robocop? Uh we did it uh for uh on your show when we did that in the the remake. Oh shit. See, we did so much on Uh we we might revisit it. We might go through the series. Uh, let's just do two and three. <laughs> if you guys want to hear uh, about the first one, go find it on ours. But anyway, so uh, yeah, they're dealing with it, and then uh, this is when um, they start. Uh, the John gives uh, Hans a gun, or no? What, oh, he calls himself Bill Clay. He mm-hmm. he gives him a gun. Uh, the the first time I had seen this, I didn't really notice him take the clip out. I mean, but after watching it over and over again, well, ah, he did take it out. And I don't know why Hans didn't notice that, especially when he handed it to him. So, cause it didn't look like he stuck it back in, but <clears throat> sorry, everyone. What, I'm still, still coughing. what you think of his American accent? I thought it sounded good, but it still sounded like him. He, he didn't have the, the, the accent. Was he supposed to be German? Uh, I think so. Um, so when he uh, handed him the gun and then they started walking and then uh, Hans got on his little radio and I don't know what language he was speaking. And then that's when he turned around and he was Hans was pointing the gun at him. And then he was getting ready to shoot him. He was oh, pretty tricky with that accent. And then he pulled the trigger and nothing. Oh, whoops. And he took him. You think I'm fucking stupid? And it took the gun away from him. And this is when the door, the the bell, the door, the bell from the elevator went ding. And then he turned around, look, and fucking um, Carl. Carl, Carl, and the gang came running out. Just just started gunning up. Uh, again, I give it to John, man, running around this whole time and shooting up and, and fighting and no shoes. I don't even like walking around my house with no shoes, but much less running and jumping and all that. Oh man, I would have been my feet would have been killing me by the end of this. But then he goes hauling ass into that one room. Uh, this is the, I love those little uh, hockey pucks. I know I mentioned it earlier because when they mm-hmm. when, when they start that firefight and they're just just blasting everything and uh, pr- printers and all that are getting shot up desks. And uh, this is when um, uh, Hans tells uh, Carl to uh, shoot the glass, but he said shoot it. the glass. He said it in whatever language, and then I loved how Carl was like. What? <laughs> Shoot the glass and then do it, it was like they didn't speak the same language because he's saying it to him in his language and he's just looking at him like what? And then he's just like, Shoot the glass. 
I just figured there were two different uh, type of uh, ethnicities. <laughs> I just figured that was it. They didn't speak the same language, but um, so they started gunning everything up. And John, man, I'm surprised no one got glass in their eyes, especially John, for just ah, and all the glass falling all over him. And then when uh, he looks down at the glass, and those there's, there's huge shards. Mm-hmm. And he's like, fuck. And then Carl slides in that hockey puck. And then um, I like that part. So they went up and they they, they found the, the bags of uh, detonators. And then uh, we see uh, John come dragging himself. This part, I was like, oh, my God. The very first time, and even the times after when I watched this, when he drug himself in, into the bathroom and then you see his feet and that just Big old long trail of blood. I'm like, man, I'm surprised he didn't bleed out. Especially, I mean, because he was bleeding out of like everything when this mm-hmm. when this was all over. So, because then uh, he's sitting there uh, pulling the glass, and when he pulled that one piece out, man, it looked huge. Uh, I, and I couldn't yeah. imagine running with that big piece of glass. <laughs> yeah, he she shouldn't have been able to walk after pulling that piece of glass out. Oh yeah, because then he started talking to. Uh, Carl Winslow, uh, Al, and then they kind of told him that story why uh, about uh, him not wanting to pull his gun out anymore because he he had an uh, accident uh, when he killed a kid. I mean, th- that's real though. I mean, I remember growing up and hearing stories uh, like that. I mean, you sometimes you do even today when uh, he said it was dark and uh, had a little kid that pulled out a gun on him. It looked like it looked like it was real. Uh, and he shot him and killed him. And then he was like, because I, I just couldn't pull my gun out again. So, I mean, that, that was kind of a sad story. And, and it's a true story, too, man. It's it's happened many times, and, and it sucks. I mean, that's kind of one of the reasons why they, uh, the, the the kids today, for you younger listeners, uh, the guns that you guys, the toy guns, they're all orange or green or whatever. Because mm-hmm. back when we were out there doing our thing, when we were kids, when they were selling guns, Toy guns, they looked like guns. Yeah. Uh, I remember, uh, I can't remember, they were called tech somethings. Um, they looked, they were black machine gun, little mach- submachine guns. And they were water guns. And they were like automatic water guns. And you put in batteries, you pull the trigger, and it shot out by water. I remember I had one. I was like, man, this is legit. And then my mom was like, you guys, even my mom then was like, don't run around with those outside. Because they look real. And I guess after kids were getting shot, mm-hmm. that's when they changed the color of the guns. Because my buddy, man, he he buys those those guns and he paints them himself. I said, dude, kids are going to get killed. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> but not a funny thing, everyone. But I'm just saying that's just what he does. <laughs> so uh, that's his, this is when uh, he, he tells them. He, he, when, he, when he's telling the story and he's trying to think, uh why was Hans up there? And that's when he tells uh, Carl to hold on, man. I got to go check something out. So he runs back up to the roof to see uh, why uh, Hans was up there. And then he climbs up. Or other than that, he just wrapped his feet up with who knows what cloth or something. And then he uh, climbed up and that's when he finds uh, the roof covered with a C- C4. So, um, Okay, no, he didn't. He didn't go to the roof yet. 
Because I know, because when he was down there and he got on the uh, radio and he was like, Al, it's a double cross. And then Carl was up there and stuck that uh, machine gun to his head. Uh, I don't know why. I think if you would have just shot him right then, that would have been the end of the movie. But uh, they they had to do their uh, their fight. I love this scene because it's nothing but dance moves that Carl is doing. The way he kicks. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I still laugh at that. I mean, cool, man. He was a dancer, right on, man. Uh, nothing against that, but uh, he just turned his dance style in, in, into fighting. <laughs> so I thought that because his his kicks were those are the ones that were just like so so perfect and graceful, mm-hmm. and he was beating the shit out of him. Um, yeah, it was a good uh, mix of styles here because he was graceful with the kicks, and then McLean's just kind of he's he's a brawler. I mean, I'm sure it, everything in his body was hurting as well as trying to keep the blood in it. But <clears throat> I'm sure his adrenaline was just uh, fucking just on fire because I loved it when he was when he was punching Carl. Because this is where your fucking brother was screaming and they were just beating the shit out of each other. <laughs> <laughs> then he, they grew up on those, those stairs and he wrapped that chain around Carl's neck and threw him. And then I would have snapped his neck because he went across the whole room on that chain. And then slammed into the wall. And he was hanging there for a while. Because after that, he, that's when he... Um, uh, were, were all the people on the roof when they were fighting? There was, no, they, they were... I think after this is when they start rushing him up to the roof. All right. Oh, no, I mean, no they were already on the roof. Mm-hmm. Because when he goes up and um, tries to get everyone to come down... And then they all start coming down. That day, Carl is still hanging there. So I think they're already on the roof. But Yeah, you're right. Because be- they're all running and they see him hanging there and they're all screaming. Yeah, cause, but before before I was about to go on to the next scene, but the FBI, I love this part because those uh, the Special Agent Johnson and other Special Agent Johnson, <clears throat> no no relation, they get the, the helicopters uh, the the Hueys go flying in there. I love this scene, man. I've never been in a helicopter, and I would love to. But I loved uh, how the how the helicopters they weren't just flying nice and straight down the street. They were going back and forth, and yeah. And that one guy was like, yeah, just like fucking Saigon. Hey, slick. I was in grade school, you asshole. That fool, man. He's always a bad guy. I'm surprised he was well. He was technically an FBI agent, but he was still a, a, a badass, bad guy. Yeah, what was his name? I don't know. That that one guy. <laughs> <laughs> Robert Davi. Yeah, he was in uh, Raw Deal as well as uh, that 10 hour show, Action Jackson show. Action, Action, Action Jackson uh, show. I, I still need to get that on Blu ray. But. <laughs> Um, so they were in the helicopters and they were like, Hey man, keep it down because, uh, we're just supposed to be transports, not gunships. Cause they loaded up those helicopters. And then when they go flying up, uh, up to the top, that's when John runs up there and he was like, where's Holly, where's Holly Gennaro. And they said, Oh, they took her down to the, to the vault. And then he was like, everyone get down. He was just screaming, everyone get downstairs. And everyone was looking at him like, what? And then he just started firing in the air. And then they were like, ah, that's when they all started running down. Well, before he charges in there, he gunned up, uh, what's his name? Uh, Al Leong. Yeah. He got blasted. I was hoping that he would get a, a fight scene in this one. 
but uh, oh, so he starts shooting. By then, the helicopters are, are up on top, and they go, "We got terrorists up there shooting!" And they, "Well, bag that little bastard!" And then they just start shooting at him. And he's ah, he's running. Everyone's running downstairs, and he goes, ah, "He goes, I'm with you, you assholes." <laughs> <laughs> I loved it, the way he did it, and then he jumped down. And uh, he knew they were going to blow the roof because then well, we go down to uh, Hans and the gang and they're still uh, loading up uh, all their gear. They finally got into the vault. And then they were like, Carl, they're like, blow the roof. And they're like, Carl's up there. Because that one guy, because uh, he said, go check on, uh, see what's going on. Because uh, one of the dudes, the guy that was down in the uh, at the front desk, he goes running out and he sees all the people coming down. And he's like, something's going on. They're They're all coming back down. And that's when Hans says, blow the roof. But Carl's up there. And I was like, blow the roof. And then that's when John was like, fuck. This This is probably like my favorite scene <laughs> in this movie. I would, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what I would have done in this situation. But I mean, <laughs> I loved it. I mean, I can watch this scene over and over and over again. But uh, he uh, he jumps down and then he uh, grabs the, the fire hose. Pulls it all out, wraps it around his self, and he's standing up on the edge. First of all, I'm scared of heights. There's been no way I could have uh, stood, much less just looked over the edge on top of that building. <laughs> but he climbed up there, and he was like, I'm never going to go to the top of a high building again. And uh, I just I'm like, what the fuck are you doing, John? And then he was like, just fuck it. Then he went, ah, I just love how he looks when he just dives off as the roof blows up. I don't know how low those helicopters were, but they were obviously low enough to take the blast because when the roof blows, it the the, the explosion hits the helicopters. I like, um, what's his name, Paul Gleason, uh, the, the captain or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, we're going we're gonna to need more FBI guys. <laughs> I liked how they did that because I was watching the, the, uh, the making of it. They had to build a big giant model um, building to blow up mm-hmm. to, have, to have the helicopter. So I thought that was cool. But when it blew up and John dove off, he just, ah, and then slings down. I mean, he slammed. I'm surprised he didn't like break his shoulder or slam his head onto the window. Cause when he hit uh, the, <clears throat> the window, man, that was, that was full force. And then he was like, ah, and I loved how he just, Pushed his feet back and just doo, 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 blasted into the to the to the window and then swung back in and crashed. But then for the explosion, since it blew up, it broke the uh, the little wheel that the hose was on and that flew by. I think that would have pulled him out just a little bit quicker, not just. Oh yeah, yeah. that would have pulled him out instantly. I don't know how heavy those wheels are, but that shit would have pulled him right out. But that was a good little scene. How he was just trying to untie himself really fast. Because that first time I saw it, I was like, hurry! So <laughs> I thought that was cool. And then, uh, shit, what did he do after that? Okay, the helicopter blew up. He was safe. Uh, everybody on the roof got down. I assume they ran all the way to the bottom. Um, all right. Okay. Yeah. Um, he, this we're is coming, when we're, he, we're coming up to the scene where you said you had an issue with uh, with the the tape because yeah. John goes he goes down to the floor uh, I think they said the thirtieth floor or something like that where where the vault was and he goes in there and looks and he he kind of sees them but for some reason there's this work cart with uh, Christmas wrap tape on it 
I don't know why, but all right. So again, my issue with this scene, I love it. It's funny, but as sweaty and bloody as he was, there's no way that tape uh, would have stuck to his body because he takes that tape, <laughs> he sticks that gun. <laughs> they don't show it, but they, you just see him. He just comes around the corner screaming, Hans! And then they turn around and look, and he's just beat to hell. <laughs> I, I would say if there was, if he put a whole bunch of tape, but it's like two pieces. Yeah, that's why I'm like, no, because <laughs> he was still all dripping sweat, and then I mean, even if you wiped it all off, the adrenaline that was going through his through his body would have just instantly fell off. But man, yeah. it's a movie. <laughs> so oh, goes, we didn't we didn't. Didn't talk about what's his name. Uh, what's that guy's name? The smart one, Theo. How he tried to get away with the vehicle. And, uh, Argyle crashes the the limousine in, in into him, and then gets out and knocks him out. So uh, I guess that that was I guess their getaway vehicle. Oh, that's right, because he pulled out that uh, the ambulance van out of the back of that truck, mm-hmm. and that Argyle slammed into him and then knocked him out. Did you watch the uh, the movies that made us on this one? Yeah, I liked it, man. They, they, I, I love that series because they really go into uh, more stuff, not just dealing with the main actors. So I, I really enjoyed that one. That's how I know they built the the building. <coughs> Sorry, excuse me. So yeah, he's screaming Hans, and he's running up, and then everyone's Holly looks over and he goes, "Hi, honey," and then. Uh, Hans pulls out uh, Holly and sticks a gun to her head, and I can't remember exactly what he said. Basically, he was getting ready to kill him. And uh, the other dude was there, the the guy that was uh, down at the front desk. He grabs his gun, and they're both standing there. And then Hans is like, well, what did you just say to me? We're going to say to me? And Oh, yeah, yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. And then he was getting ready to shoot him, and that's when John started laughing. And they're like, what? And he's laughing. Everyone's kind of giggling around. And that's when the camera goes behind him. Because John's got his hands on his head. And then the camera goes to the back. And you see the gun uh, taped to his sweaty back. Which I call bullshit on. But it's a movie. (laughs) (laughs) So, damn it. Why are people texting me now? Sorry, everyone. It's just Mike sending me junk. Um, But, (laughs) so... He pulls uh he goes, Holly, and then she kind of just jumps out of the way. He pulls out his gun, uh, shoots Hans, and then blasts that other dude in the head. Or it might be the other. I think he shot that other guy in the head first and then shot uh Hans. Okay. Were they standing by a window? It looked like yeah. they were in the hallway. <laughs> it, it I don't know. It's kind of weird because at first it looks like they're not by the window. After Hans gets shot, like he's falling backwards into all of a sudden, and I, I like the scene. I don't think the window would just bust like that from him falling backwards. Yeah, I mean, unless the bullet went through him. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, unless he got like a running start, but he's just kind of staggering slowly backwards so i don't know how the window just explodes like that yeah maybe maybe the bullet went through or something yeah we'll go with that (laughs) so he falls back he's hanging out the window hanging on to he's still holding on to holly she's hanging out the window as well ah and john runs over there and grabs her uh 
I love the this this camera shot on how it's looking down and it, then it starts in slow motion and John just unhooks uh Holly's uh, watch and then cuz the way Hans looks over he just looks badass the way he looks up and then he's getting about to pull his gun and then first of all why were you just hanging on to that watch you should have been hanging on to, <laughs> to her wrist but he undoes her uh her wrist watch and and he goes, ah, he goes falling down. And I, I love how they shot these scenes back in the day when putting, uh, obviously, it's a fake background, but uh, the how the camera goes. And then uh, I think it goes up uh, the way they shoot those things. But he goes falling. And was that a real stunt guy that fell? It looked like it because it looked like the arms were flailing. Yeah, it did. Arms and legs. I think um, the way he was falling, because he was falling just a little too too straight. I I think he had a, a like a rig, uh, something on him. I know he felt he landed on a a big air mattress thing or one of those big airbags, but I, yeah. I think he he had to have been tied up to something because he was just he was falling, but he was still. He wasn't like flipping as, as he was falling down. So, but that was a good stunt, though, man. My hats yeah. off to those stuntmen that do those things. And Paul Paul Gleason coming again with another comment. He's just like, man, I hope that's not a hostage. <laughs> so yeah, man, after all that shit, after everything, the building blew up like multiple times. Cause they blew up the roof. They helicopter came falling down the side. Uh, they they when they blew up. Uh, when he when John put the C four on the computer and blew that whole floor out, I'm surprised that building was still standing. Uh, but they all come down outside, cops, everybody, news, and everybody and the mother are outside. And uh, I love this. Did uh, Holly punch uh, the news guy, or did? Yeah, I think was. Yeah, I think that was before. Uh, yeah, because. Because uh, he had went to the house and was interviewing his kids, and uh, that's she had seen that in the TV inside. So yeah, she ended up punching him in the mouth. <laughs> I no, I think it was I think it was afterwards because when they were outside, and then uh, John sees uh, uh, Carl. Um, what's his name? Uh, Al. Uh, mm-hmm. He sees him and he goes up and them. I loved how I love this scene because they just like lock eyes and. And he knows that, that that's Al he was talking to. And then they just kind of start hugging and laughing around. I, I I just love that scene. And then as they're hugging, oh, this is my wife. And then you just hear people ah screaming. And then they turn around. This is when you see Carl. Uh, I assume he just came out with all the hostages. And he had like a jacket or something over his head. Yeah, he could. I think it was a blanket. I'm like, you could have got out of there. I know. But I... He was still out for blood. I mean, because uh, John killed his brother, so I assume he, he didn't care. <laughs> so, but then again, I call bullshit on that man. There would have been no way he survived that. I mean, hanging by your neck for who knows how long. <laughs> yeah, he got that dancer strength. <laughs> he pulls out that big that uh, machine gun that he was holding. I don't know why it took him so long to to pull the trigger because everyone's screaming. Then all of a sudden, you and then Carl goes down. And I love that, uh, how the camera pulls back. You just see the barrel of the gun, and then we see uh, Al's pulling it out. And that's a big gun, too. Those are big slugs in those things. 
Yeah, which was what which was a big moment for him because he told that story about shooting a kid. So yeah. he hasn't he hasn't fired his weapon since then. Yeah. I mean, I know a lot of people go, Oh man, you saw that coming a mile away. I didn't see it the very first time. I wasn't even expecting. I thought the movie was over with. I wasn't expecting Carl to to come back. But so that that was a good ending. I, I loved uh, how they did that. And, uh, and and it, it, it was cool though, like, like the story that Al said, and then how, like how he never pull out his gun again. So and it was cool that he did that. So uh, he saved the day um, for everyone, or for uh, John and his wife, and then. Mm-hmm. Uh, he still had his gun out, and this is when Argyle comes crashing out of the, the parking lot. And he turns around really quick with his gun and juggles. He's with me. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised that limo was still working. Yeah, and I don't even think they would have just let him go like that. Uh, the FBI is there and everything. There's no way you get. There would have been the hours and hours before he would have been able to leave, and they they probably just took him straight to the hospital. Because they were fucking bleeding out of his feet and, and beat to hell. But it's a movie. And then, yeah, they get in the car and Argyle goes, man, this is how they celebrate Christmas. I got to be here for New Year's. <laughs> so, and then that's the end of and your then film. And we, then we, we never see Argyle again. I don't know, man. I was kind of hoping he'd come back in one of these movies. Could have came back and then he could have came back in the next one. He could have been like the a cab driver at the airport or something. Or he could have. Uh, were they still in L.A. at all in any of the other ones? Uh, I know the next one is in Washington, I think D.C. Yeah, and then they go to and, New York. Yeah, and I can't remember the the fourth one. I know the fifth one they were in. What what was that? Were they in L? Were they L.A. with that jet? I think so. I think they were in L.A. again for that one. And I know the last one was in Russia. I don't even remember the last one. You don't need to remember the last one. Wasn't uh, uh, was it Elizabeth Winstead or Mary or whatever her name is? Wasn't she his daughter in that one, or was that in the fourth? Yeah. The fourth one. She shows up in the fifth one for like a second. And then uh, Captain Boomerang is his son. Which one is he? Uh, damn, I can't think of his name now. Is that the Clash of the Titans guy? No. That's uh, Sam Worthington. Oh. Uh, fuck, I can't think of his name. See, I don't even remember that one. And I know everyone hates the fourth one. I love that one. It was goofy, but that I loved it. <laughs> yeah, I I I like that one too. It's just that fifth one though, man. Yeah, see, I don't even, I have it, but I saw it once in the theater and I, I don't even remember it. Um, but uh what's his name was a good bad guy, um, in the fourth one. Uh Timothy Oliphant. Mm-hmm. And hot ass uh Lucy not Lucy Liu. Uh, Maggie Q. Oh, I love yeah. her. Your wife's plane? They're going to run out of fuel in 90 minutes. L.A. cop John McLean is back. What are you going to do? Whatever I can. Because old habits die hard. We are just up to our neck in terrorists again, John. 
On July 4th, Die Harder. Bruce Willis, Die Hard 2, rated R. All right, it's time to get to the sequel, which is Die Hard 2, Die Harder. This came out uh, July 2nd, 1990. This is directed by Rennie Harlan. Let's go to pull up the cast here. I should have had it all ready to go. Cast is Bruce Willis, Bonnie Bedelia, William Arlington, Reginald Vell Johnson, Frank O'Neill, William Sadler, John Amos, Dennis Franz, Art Evans, Tom Bauer, a whole bunch of people that show up. Bonnie Curtis Hall, John Leguizamo, the T-1000, Robert Patrick, uh, Bobby from uh, Sons of Anarchy, Mark Boom Jr. shows up. I don't even know who he was in this. <laughs> yeah, it kind of makes me want to rewatch it again. Seeing all these, uh, I, I've seen, I've seen the T one thousand. I've seen when yeah. he pulled up because he says something. And all right. Else, I was like, I was looking for him after uh, I read the. <laughs> I saw everyone that was listed, but him. So I, I don't know who he was. <laughs> All right, synopsis. Let's go to Google. A year after his heroics in L.A., Detective John McClane is mixed up in another terrorist plot, this time at Washington Dulles International Airport, where he is waiting for his wife. That same night, South American politico and drug profiteer Ramon Esperanza is arriving in United States custody. McClane takes action. When a treasonous ex-colonel seizes control of the airport, threatening to crash every inbound flight unless Esperanza is free. Let's see what IMDb has to say. Usually they're kind of brief and to the point. John McClane attempts to avert a disaster as rogue military operatives seize control of Dallas International Airport in Washington, D.C. Straight to the point, IMDb. All right, Naz. What did you think? Um, I had seen this numerous times. I remember I saw it when it when it first came out. Um, for the longest time, I was this. I was thinking this one was my favorite one uh, out of the five or however many there is. But after this last rewatch, I still enjoy it. I love it, but um, I can't go against the original. Original is still my favorite one, or is my favorite one. So, but um, watching this just, oh, sorry, everybody. Oh, I got up super early this morning. But anyway, um, watching this, it, uh, I work at airport for, for some of you that know. And yeah, it was different times in the 90s, uh, pre 9-11. And, but then even still, the security here was just like, they did not give a fuck. You could open any door and go into it. I was like, "Whoa, who's who's running security at these airports?" So I, I was, it was that was making me laugh. <laughs> so, um, but overall, I, I enjoyed everything that was in it. Just uh, the another misadventures of uh, John McClane. Uh, I liked everything. I mean, it's it's weird seeing him in these old movies because he's got hair. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I mean, that, that's not taken away, uh, from what he does. I mean, he's still, uh, 
that that hard hitting cop. Uh, he was in New York, uh, and then he transferred to to L.A. But now he's hanging out for the holidays with his in laws in, in D.C. And uh, just chaos uh, happens at the airport, uh, which I think it, which I enjoyed. Um, I'm glad the airport that I work at doesn't get this busy. Um, I've seen it busy, but not like shoulder to shoulder busy, like how this airport was during uh, the Christmas season. So thankful uh, that 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 I don't see that. <laughs> so <laughs> because I I couldn't imagine. I remember going through uh, San Francisco Airport SFO uh, during the holidays just to pick up my aunt or somebody was flying in, and I was like, oh, it reminded me of this because it was just so many people in and out of there, crazy traffic jams in the front. Uh, we don't get no snow in the Bay Area, but uh, it was raining. I remember that and. Ooh, I think the snow on top of all that uh, was just another um, something that he had to get past during uh, uh, this film. But, I mean, overall, I liked it. All the shoot 'em up action was good. Uh, I liked uh, what was going on, uh, why this, uh, why why it happened uh, with the drug dealer guy and, and, the, and the army dudes and everything. Special forces, I assume that's what they were. Um, but I liked it. I thought it was really good. I mean, I, I, the... Special effects uh, with dealing with the model airplanes, um, that doesn't hold up because it just it looks they look like models. <laughs> but um, not, nothing again, nothing, nothing, nothing against that. This is uh, the pre CGI era. So, but I mean, but overall, in the end, uh, I did, uh, I still, I still enjoy this film. What do you think of it? Yeah, I agree with you on all the action and all the shoot 'em up stuff, but. This might kind of be bumped down on my Die Hard list. This might this might fall under uh, Die Hard with the Vengeance. Um, I didn't enjoy it as much on the rewatch as I thought I as much as I thought I liked it before. Um, it, yeah, you're you're totally correct. It doesn't hold up to the first one. And I at times I just kind of felt like this was a different John McClane because they kind of had him trying to be I don't know a little bit more. Goofy, because I just felt like there were scenes where he was uh, something was going on. He was about to fall, and he was just like, "Whoa, whoa!" And there was one scene where he comes down, and uh, we'll get to that part where he gets ejected out of the the airplane, and he's coming down in the parachute. <laughs> and then as he's on the ground, he's like, "Where's the back door to this?" And I, I don't know. It just kind of felt like they tried to make him have a little bit more humor to his character than he did in the first one. I thought the way he played the character in the first one was uh, perfect. And um, yeah, I, I honestly, I could have did without the, the, the drug kingpin scenario about this. I, I would have just liked if it would have just been William Sadler and his little band of ex-military operatives. But Overall, it's it's a good action movie. It's a it's a it's a pretty decent sequel to a iconic first movie. So I think for the most part, it it does its job. Yeah, I mean, I can I can totally understand what you're saying, but um, yeah, I'm because to me when I look at this now, I mean, only because uh, I work at an airport. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out to all the guys, all the uh, the officers, uh, airport police, uh, the work at the airport I work at. 
those guys are always on top of everything and they respond like super quick. But then again, I work at a much smaller airport, not a big giant one like this one. At this airport, it's saying these are just nitpicks, everyone. This airport seemed like none of those cops gave a fuck. They were just strutting around, drinking and coffee and, and not even caring. Uh, I, I understand. It, as far as like the back part, it only seemed like maybe one person worked back there. I, I didn't see nobody working luggage or anything. I seen what there was the two janitors, I think, because there was the one that he meets that the guy thought Bruce Willis was trying to steal his records. And then there was the the one black dude that um, I guess he was just going off of McLean saying he was a cop and oh, let him in the back. And you didn't see nobody in the back working. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how it is at uh, whatever airport they were at. Um, D.C. something. I can't remember what they said, but um, I work in the back room, everyone. And again, I, I'm basing it on the two airports that I worked at. And their bag room, I worked at a much bigger airport when I went in the Bay Area when I first started. But that bag room was crazy. It kind of reminded me of, um, was it Toy Story 2? When they were jumping around on the conveyor belts trying to get yeah. out of the luggage. It reminded yeah. me of that. Just <laughs> just bag belts going every direction. I was like, maybe that's how it is at this airport. Or maybe they just built that for this scene. Um, I was kind of like, wait a minute. Well, yeah, again, nobody was back there. I was like, I mean, that's you can't do that. We get yelled at if we leave <laughs> the, the place empty, <laughs> especially something like that, especially because during the holidays, you got to be on top of that shit. You can't just let it. Well, we did it a few times, just pile up and, and just try to hurry. But you got to be on top of that stuff because those bags do not stop com- coming, especially during the holidays or any yeah, that that airport was packed. Yeah, and there's no one in that bag room, and then the and that janitor, and as far as just going up, yeah, I'm a cop. Let me in. Let me in this door. That no way that would fly. <laughs> I mean, they that that's one of the rules they tell us. I mean, if someone comes up to you, say, "Oh, I need to, I need to go back there. I work for the airport," or, or whatever story they make up. I mean, if you do not have a badge to, to for you to even be back there, don't even bother asking. Um, and, and again, it's a movie, and it is security is much tighter now after nine eleven. But I was kind of like, oh man, some of the hell of people would have been fired uh, for. I mean, that guy would have been fired. That janitor would have been fired instantly if he uh, let someone back there. And <laughs> I was, I was laughing, especially. Um, uh, there was a scene when there was the bag going up the conveyor belt and there was uh, when he was fighting uh, that one dude and then he got crushed because that roller. Yeah. <sighs> That's why I think they just made this for, for this movie. Or maybe that conveyor belt was for something else and they just threw bags on it. No way that thing, that little roller thing would be on there, much less crushing bags like that. Nah, I don't think so. But it's a movie. Um, I wouldn't be saying all this, all this if I didn't work at an airport. But I was kind of like, oh, man, what's going on here? No matter how many times I've seen this movie, I, I must just forget. It, it just, I must just forget because I, I, that was the first thing that popped in my head when I saw that. I was like, wait, I don't even remember that. But. I was like, no. <laughs> but. Yeah. And, you know, that's one thing I can say about this, honestly say about this movie. It's 
really not that memorable like the first one is. Oh, yeah. I mean, this one, I mean, uh, holidays, he's supposed to pick up his wife. She was coming back from I don't know where. And uh, or I assume that she, oh, he flew out there first. And then I guess she was working up some stuff at work. And then she was coming because uh, uh, John and the and the kids were already at his in-laws already. So because, I mean, yeah. he just he just pops right up there. It's very confusing because in the first one, she lives in L.A. He's the New York cop coming to L.A. In this one, he's now an L.A. cop, but he's meeting his wife in D.C. And I'm just like, where do you live now? Who lives where? I don't know. I assume he I mean, he said he was L.A. cop. So I assume he transferred over there to, to be with his wife and the kids. But. I love my my mother-in-law, but if my wife isn't with me, I'm not going over there uh, with the kids (laughs) by myself, first of all. But um, I mean, so when when he gets there, I mean, it's just craziness at the airport. I mean, that other than it was snowing and the traffic is just crazy. Uh, I have seen it like that at the bigger airport I worked at when I first started. And I I was kind of like. First of all, you cannot leave your car. Well, he he did, but then he it got towed. <laughs> so I guess that was his fault. Uh, I've seen many cars get towed for people that just think they can leave it there and uh, run inside. Now nah, that, that doesn't work. <laughs> so don't ever do that, ladies and gentlemen. So, uh, but then when he, because then he, um, the beeper thing. I mean that that shows the the date. Uh, for this, for some of you younger listeners, we didn't always have cell phones. I mean, and the cell phones we did have way back then were like a hundred pound bricks, so there was mm-hmm. no way. <laughs> the good old uh, Zach Morris phone. <laughs> yeah, so uh, they had those little thing called beepers. Um, did you ever have one? Oh yeah, didn't uh, didn't need one. Shouldn't have had one, <laughs> but I had one. Uh, I never had it. I had the perpetrating one that was just there and did was never hooked up. But uh, uh, my buddy cracked it open, took everything out, and then we had uh, our stuff in it. But anyway, that was mm-hmm. a different time, everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, for and another, okay, another another little nitpick that I caught in it this round. Uh, he gets a beep. He runs and finds a phone really quick, and uh, turns out to, it's his wife. Because he calls it and he goes, uh, who who just beat me? And he goes, oh, it's your wife. And I'm like, oh, hey, where are you? Are you here yet? No. And she goes, we're in the the new the the, the new age. And um, there's phones on the airplanes. Um, the airplanes that I that I work around, they I remember they did have uh phones uh, on the seats, but, but that was a long time. Those those are long gone now. But um. I do not think you could call those those phones uh, on the plane because he just dialed the number and then she answered it. I'm like, no. <laughs> but, yeah, because nowadays I can't even get the Wi-Fi to work on the plane. Uh, on our planes, they're pretty good. I mean, if you have an iPhone, uh, it definitely works good. But I think you can download some app in order to uh, text and all that because... Uh, I found that out one uh, when, when I was able to fly, but before all this happened, and one. Uh, but yeah, you can text uh, if you got an iPhone. Oh, well, sweet! So I, I'm glad that I can do that because usually it's just dead until I hit the ground. But yeah. 
But yeah, I was right there. I was like, no. And and those phones, when you called from the airplane, were like a million dollars a second. Yeah. So, <laughs> but then again, I don't, I don't remember what she did for, for the Nakatomi Corporation, but... Uh, I assume she's at the top now, because the I people should. ahead of her was, are dead now. So. Yeah, she was second in command, <laughs> because uh, when um, uh, Hans asked her, to, well, who put you in charge? He goes, you did when you killed my boss. So, I, all right, well, I guess she she can make a pretty good penny. And I don't know yeah. how much police make, but so anyway, so that's the situation between them two. Um, and then we're then we're introduced to um, William Sandler's uh, character, Stuart. And I don't know why he was butt naked uh, doing karate or, or whatever. <laughs> doing that, doing that Miyagi do. <laughs> yeah. Um, Miyagi-Do's coming, everyone. Next next show, but then um, so I, yeah, I didn't understand that, but he was watching. Uh, they were talking about the uh, what was the, the the dude's name, the Esperanza. Yeah, they were talking about him, saying he was just he was some big drug dealer, general or whatever he was, um, and they were supposed to bring him to America for some trial for whatever reason I can't remember, and. Uh, it was gonna. He was gonna do. Um, was he coming to? Yeah, he was. Co- Wait, was he coming to DC? To yeah. Okay. He so was he, coming to stand. I'm reading it right here. Try uh, come to the United States to stand trial on uh, drug trafficking charges. All right. So that was. See, he was watching that. So he turned it off. Uh, he geared up. He grabs all his junk. He steps out of his room, and this is when we see his whole gang. Uh, Don Harvey, that guy's always a bad guy in everything. Um, did you see that movie Casualties of War? It was uh, him, With Sean Penn, and um, Marty McFly. Yeah, yeah, a while ago. He was an asshole on that too, man. I mean, every movie I've seen him in, I I guess what he's doing his job. So he was there. Uh, Meat from Porky's, T one thousand, and a bunch of other dudes. There was another guy, a younger guy. I seen him in a bunch of movies. It was, it was probably those teen movies. He was never really like the main star. He was like maybe one of the jock boys or something, but he was there. And then a bunch of other faces that, Oh, it's that guy. All these action movies and eighties and early nineties are full of those or those that that guys, we've said that many times mm-hmm. on all these shows we've done, but he, there was a bunch of guys in there. Uh, you knew who you were. Cause you'd seen them in, in a ton of other movies. There was no Asian guys in this one. Uh, it was only what's his name, Al Young, in the in the first one. But so if they're yeah, gearing, they could have got somebody else. Somebody, one of them. But so all they're all gearing up, getting ready. We go back to the airport. Uh, John is still trying to figure out what's going on. Uh, he's walking around. Um, I know because he he was sitting down, and then he had noticed. Um, uh, he bumped into uh, what's his name to Stewart William Sandler's character, and he looked at him, and he was like, "Hey, uh, you look familiar." Well, I get that a lot. So uh, he was like, all right, whatever. So he didn't really think nothing of it. Uh, other than all the people in the airport, uh, the news is there uh, because they know that, uh, that that big drug dealer guy is coming. So um, they're uh, they're just trying to figure out what's going on. Um, I think, what was the uh, news reporter's name? It was Samantha Coleman, uh, played yeah. by Sheila McCarthy. Yes. And she's another one of those. Oh, I know, I've seen her in a billion movies. So mm-hmm. she sees uh, uh, Stewart. Was he Colonel or General? I can't remember. What, Colonel. 
okay, Colonel. So she sees him and she goes, can I get two words from you? He goes, yeah, fucking you. <laughs> that was my favorite <laughs> line in the whole movie. Uh, William Sadler's Raw. If you guys haven't seen VFW, definitely check that out. It's streaming on Amazon. Awesome film. Um, so that that they're they're getting uh Stewart and all his gang are setting up in the airport, uh, trying to just figure out what before they before they strike. John is sitting there looking around. He noticed uh some uh, um Stewart's men just uh sitting around carrying things, and but he's I I'm not a cop. Um, the cops that I know, I always ask him, "Do you guys sit there and analyze everything?" He goes, eh, "One of my buddies, he said he always did." And uh, when he was a cop, he, he's retired now. But I said, you lucky bastard. I wish I could retire. But anyway. Did he, um, did he always have a hunch? Because that's no. what they always have in a movie. <laughs> no. He goes, but you, your eyes are always open. I mean, you're a cop 247. Uh, even when you retire, he still he says he still notices things. I was like, man, calm down. <laughs> but um, so he, John is saying anything. That's why I'm laughing about the security in this airport. Um, cause you gotta be on top of that shit. Even when there's hardly anybody in the airport, you still need to be on top and be ready. It seems like nobody gave a fuck. And, and these, these soldier guys were all walking around. So, um, he noticed that, uh, two guys, um, was, why can't I remember who the white guy is, but the black guy was, um, what's his name from, uh, Bondi Curtis Hall. Yeah. Coming to America. Uh, one of, uh, the royal uh, citizens of Zamunda. He's the one that ran up to him. I cannot believe it. It is oh, at the at the basketball game. Yeah, it was <laughs> <laughs> I love that movie. Did you get that steel book? Oh yeah. <sighs> I haven't yet. I'm ready. I'm just gonna pull the trigger. Fuck it. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. <laughs> so he sees them. He goes back there. This is when he goes up to to the janitor, and uh, he goes, "Hey, um, can." Can you let me in this door? And then he kind of just shows. Did he show his badge or just his ID? I don't remember. He flashed a badge. He goes, yeah, can you open this door? And he went, oh, yeah, sure. Dude, no, like, no, no way. It doesn't and, matter. Uh, apparently, there's no cops around because he tells him to go get a cop. And then he um, he just like looks around like, damn, I don't know where to go. Like, he just <laughs> like, I don't know. Because I when I, you know. Especially, well, I don't know about back then. I don't really remember flying much back then. But nowadays, like, there's police everywhere. And depending on what's going on in the world, there might be some military there. But according to this movie, nobody works in the back. You can't find a cop anywhere. And you just need to ask the janitor if you can have access to something. Yeah, so that janitor lets him in. He goes back there. He starts looking around. Uh, crazy bag belts, every direct, everywhere you look. I was just like, no. But but then again, everyone, maybe it's like that at this airport. I don't know. I'm just the two airports that I worked at. No. Anyway, so he's looking around. He sees the two guys. They're messing around with a control box. And he kind of goes, hey, uh, got ID or whatever he said to him. He shows his badge. And this is when the firefight starts. Another thing. I guess the the bullets were ricocheting in there because when they were firing, man, especially everything well at our airport, it's all metal, and I'm sure if you shoot, pew, pew, those bullets would be bouncing all over the place. But mm-hmm. um, he gets into it uh, with the white dude, and he starts beating his ass, and then uh, he ends up dropping his gun 
as well as his badge. And uh, the black dude took off. And then, um, no, no, before he took off, uh, because he was also shooting at him. But then when when John was beating up the white dude, uh, I mean, he was whooping his ass. But I don't know, man, jumping all over that thing. It was, that was funny, too, when they were jumping from <laughs> belt to belt. <laughs> Um, I don't crawl on those things. I mean, that that's not my job. At the first airport I worked at, when bags got jammed in there, they made us, or they didn't make us, but we, we just crawled up in there. But there's a lot of little watch your finger things in there. So I'm like, no, no thank you. I ain't crawling on those things anymore. Anyway, so when uh, he, he gets the best of the, of the, of the white dude, and then uh, this is the, the thing that made me laugh, because when he goes up... He, he basically doesn't knock him out, but knocked him to where he's laying down. But when he gets to the top is that big, oh, excuse me, that big roller that was crushing bags. I was like, oh, <laughs> I was like, OK. Um, but so his head went into that and he got smashed. But then he jumped off and then he ran after the black dude. And then and that black guy just took off. But by then, here finally. Uh, the police show up, the airport police. They come jumping and freeze, and I'm a cop, but he doesn't have his badge. And they like, where's your badge? He went, oh, I think it's going to Cleveland. And then yeah. they take him up uh, to the to the police station and the airport, and this is when he's introduced to um, Dennis Franz, Carmine Lorenzo. I like him. I like him in everything, even when he was on – what cop show was he on? It was something big. LAPD Blue or something like that. Anyway. Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> he's introduced to him and he's trying to tell him they find uh, John's badge and his gun and everything. So they give it back to him and he's trying to tell him that something's going on, but nobody wants to listen. Um, see, that's how lax these cops were. Like, I mean, they all knew this guy was coming in, but then John, for some reason, knew knows everything. Uh, of course, he saw it on TV just as much as everyone else when he was sitting around waiting. But uh, he was trying to tell them what was happening, and and they didn't believe him, and uh, all that. So they're like, "Oh man, whatever." Cause did what well, did he do the same thing again? Like he saw the IDs and said they were fake. I, I don't. No, 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 he didn't. Cause uh, remember b- before he went up to the uh, to the police station, the airport police station, um. They, I guess they gave him his gun and everything back. And then when they were bagging up the body, he ran and got his uh, fingerprints uh, yeah. from the from the stiff. And then um, this is when he goes and before he went up to the to the police station, he um, he uh, he sent the um, uh, the fingerprints, uh, a fax to uh, what's his nuts? Um, Al. Al Powell, yeah. uh, Reginald uh, Vale Johnson from the first film. Yeah, yeah, and I have to point out, we get another lady that that gives John McClane the the, the I want to fuck you eyes, just just like the the stewardess in the first movie, and just he constantly gets the, these eyes throughout the movie or series. He still got it, so. <laughs> So he when he and this is another thing that made me laugh. He was like, first of all, I, I wouldn't go as far as calling it a federal offense, but if you're reaching over, I need this and I need that. There's no way that would happen. <laughs> they would call the cops on you quick. But but that was he grabbed. Um, but then again, these are different times. 
Uh, he grabbed a uh, a little stamper pad before you stamp. I guess you did stamp things back then. I don't know. Everything's all computerized right now. So that's when he ran and got the fingerprints off the stiff. And then he runs back in. He calls up Al and then goes, hey, man, I'm, I'm sending you these prints. Can you run them? Um, maybe in the 90s or 80, late 80s when they filmed this, they had fax machines right there at the counter. But I doubt it. Um, so <laughs> he, he put it. He was, yeah. Can you fax this to this number? And she went, yeah, sure. And that's when he was uh, flicking around his, his wedding ring. She wanted the D. But um, so I was like, all right, he does what he does. It was good to see him, though. I, I was kind of hoping he would pop up in there. He never he never came back in any of the other ones, did he? No, he should have. They had a, they should have had a movie where they, they teamed up. Yeah, that would have been cool. I mean, even if he just did a cameo and popped in for a second, that would have been good in one of those, especially in that one when they were in L.A. With yeah. The jet, with the jet and everything, but. So he sent it to him. He figures out. I think that's when uh, he got it back and, and he found out because that's when he went up to the uh, to the police station when, when we're introduced to Carmine uh, Lorenzo. And then when he was trying to tell him, look, man, this is fake. This is fake. This guy's dead. He, he must have died twice because uh, they, they, when he ran his name, it came up. He, this Whoever the name was on there was dead already. So it's like, no, nah, man. And. And then the car man's like, no, nah, no, nah, you're, you're fucking stupid. Get the fuck out of my airport. And he goes, no, man. He goes, we got like the, the world's biggest drug dealer coming here. There's something going down. He's trying to tell them, but they're not having it. So he's like, man, you they just get out of here. So he's still trying to figure out. No, why he was up there is when they, um, uh, they took over the airport because earlier, um, uh, two guys, I think it was T1000 and I want to say meat. I'm not sure. Uh, meat from Porky's, uh, Tony Ganon. I don't know how to say his last name. Uh, his name was Baker in this. You guys know who Meat is. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. Anyway, because they went to that church and uh, blasted, killed that dude that was in there and then just took over the church. And then they set up uh, camp there with all their, their gear in order to take over the airport. Because I guess it was close to some kind of. Uh, transponder there over there so mm-hmm. they, they hooked into all that that's how they were able to take over the airport because when they were when john was yelling back and forth with lorenzo that's when all the the power went out uh on the runway all the lights went out and they were like what happened he goes well turn on the the power grid or turn turn on turn on, switch over to emergency power and they're like we can't man we we can't control anything because all the lights on and everything computers and all that were on in the tower, he goes, we're on the same grid, man. He goes, how come that we're on? And, and all that went off. And that's when they got the call uh, from Stewart and told him that uh, they were taking over uh, the airport. If you try to radio any of the airplanes, uh, we're going to do something. So and they were like, all right, whatever. So the, this is when what's his name? Uh, Art Evans uh, Barnes uh, uh, was young then. <laughs> but a young black gentleman was telling him that uh, they couldn't do anything at this point because they had control of the airport. But he was the one. Luckily, he was the one to figure out, hey, man, all we got to do is go do this to the to the new terminal where everything's hooked up. But, I mean, nothing was running yet. We can go over there and do that. I mean, that was another thing. How come he was the only one that knew that? Nobody else in that that whole airport knew. Uh, and what's his nuts? Uh, the <laughs> asshole boss, uh, Tom Bauer. Uh, I think he... Yeah. He passed, I, I think. 
Um, he was he was Marvin. Uh, he's that's another guy. He was always an asshole in everything. I remember he was the asshole in uh, uh, in the line of fire. He was the one the the that was the head of the Secret Service, I think, and he was the one that was always giving uh, Clint Eastwood shit. Uh, but anyway, and I think he was uh, something to do with political stuff, like in real life, because I remember seeing his picture and video in the news and everything. I said, Man, I thought he was just an actor, but I guess you got to start somewhere. Yeah. So he was telling everyone because he was like, well, fuck, what are we going to do? And then uh, that's when they figured out that they were going to go uh, over to the to new terminal and uh, patch in some stuff over there. Then they'd start be able they'll be able to talk to the planes. And uh, start landing them because the only one that was able to talk to the planes was Stewart and all his his crew, because they had a full computer setup in that church. So uh, I think this was one of my favorite parts is when uh, what's the guy's name Barnes him and uh, I guess some of the SWAT team uh, from the airport. I assume big giant airports have SWAT teams. I mean I've seen our our guys in action. I mean they're not shoot them up action or anything but when mm-hmm. uh any president came to town uh they it, we were we were all on lockdown like nobody can go outside when when the president shows up president vice president when they show up in air force one or whatever air force two whatever the vice president flies around in when they show up nobody can go outside they the 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 area where we're around the planes is all locked down because there's military, police, everybody are there. So we, we can't go out there until he is off the plane in his limo and off the, uh, the, the grounds. So anyway, so they, they had their SWAT team go with uh, Barnes uh, to that uh, other terminal. Um, John wanted to go, but then that's when they were telling him, nah, man, you, you, this is none of your business. You, you, you're nothing here. You, you, you get the fuck out of here. So, yeah, which is weird because they know him from the Nakatomi thing. So I, I don't know why you wouldn't want to include him in, in something like this. Well, I guess you can't just invite uh, police officers that don't don't work there but i, I don't well, know i mean i mean the janitor invited him in the back so it's kind of kind of loose at this airport <laughs> so um how did he get up into the the um the air ducts did he i can't remember uh was it when he went through the elevator Oh, that's right. Okay. So he he was. Is this when he? Oh, yeah. He was with uh, Samantha, that news lady. Yeah, he was supposed to be escorted out of there. Somehow she got to the tower. And that's another thing. I mean, security to that. No, (laughs) there's no way you could get up to that thing. I mean, so. Cause she just popped up in there, hey, and they're like, "Nah, you get out of here." That's when they kicked her and uh, McLean out. Yeah, and this, this movie's full of lies. <laughs> so um, that's oh, that's right. He that's when he crawled out of the top of the elevator and then started crawling around through the air ducts. And uh, he must have crawled a long way, and that's why I'm like, "Nah, man, he would have missed that firefight completely." Because I don't know how fast he was crawling, but he crawled all the way over there. To wherever that new terminal was, um, 
because when they were about to show up there, um, you can see uh, this is where T-1000 was. He was there. What's his name? Um, fuck. Robert Patrick. Yeah. He was there and some other guys. Oh, it's that those those type of guys. Uh, they were acting like they were uh, workers working on uh, that, that terminal. Because you see the SWAT team and you see Barnes carrying a suitcase with, I assume, radio equipment. And then they just see them there. They stop the uh, the little conveyor belt, the, the, the those little people mover things. Uh, they stop that and they're like, hey, what are you doing? And then this is when the firefight starts. And they just, T-1000 and the gang just, just open up uh, on those SWAT team and pretty much take everyone out. Luckily, John got there in time to join in uh, on the fight because he comes busting out of the uh, the air ducts and just starts taking out bad guys. So um, I think they dusted all of them, but I think some of them got away. They they did kill a few. They killed all the SWAT guys. Um, mm-hmm. The only the only ones left was uh, John and, and Barnes, and then uh, they were about to uh, go to that other transponder that that was there so they can talk to the planes, but. It, that thing blew up. So they're like, fuck, well, what are we going to do? So, but because before the, the firefight started, uh, I can't remember which one of them called uh, Stewart and said, yeah, there's some guys coming and with SWAT team. And that's, and like, oh, they're right on time. So, and they were, they were ahead of the game the, the whole time. So they knew uh, to, to be ready for stuff. So they blew that up. That there went that plan. Uh, they didn't want to know what to do. Stewart got mad and said, look, man, you guys, uh, I told you guys not to, to play games. Uh, just for that, here's a penalty. And um, what they did, I'm, I'm not really sure how the the whole system works, talking to the airplanes, but they, um, again, early, late 80s, uh, early 90s, the computer technology is just, <laughs> <laughs> isn't the greatest, just, just a black screen and green lines, but... <laughs> Whatever they did, they um, they uh, they gave the that airplane uh, different coordinates uh, instead of instead, I think uh, they erased it by like two hundred feet. So yeah, they, they moved it to where when the plane they got the coordinates on uh, when to land, and um, they were they were off by two hundred feet. So when that plane came in, they were like, "Fuck, man, they're gonna crash the plane." So John ran out onto the jetway or onto the runway with uh, some sticks and. Uh, some with uh, cloth wrapped around, and he dumped gas on it, and he was trying to just wave so th- so the plane could uh, see him. Although I've never flown, I mean, I've never f- flew a plane, um, but um, I'm gonna call bullshit on this too. But <laughs> <laughs> because the way the plane was coming in, yes, it was snowing super hard, and you're 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 depending on your. My friends are pilots. I guess I should talk to them. Um, they they fly for us. Shout out to you, Chris. Right on, brother. Um, uh, the, you, before the plane crash, you can see it coming in, like how when you're coming in for landing, the nose is up, and, yeah. and you're coming down. Uh, but then when they they show the plane in the cockpit, man, they were like coming in nose first. I was like, no. <laughs> I was like, so what do you do? Just tilt forward? I was like, no. But yeah, it, now that you're bringing it up, man, it. It's kind of ridiculous. I mean, it's a it's a good thing to not a good thing to happen. It's it's a right thing to happen for you to hate William Sadler's character for doing such a horrible thing. But the way they did it, 
it sure was like he was the pilot was purposely going straight down into <laughs> into the ground. Yeah. I mean, usually um, the pilots that I have talked to, they said, when you can't see anything like how these guys couldn't see, he goes, you don't try to land. He goes, you got to at least visually see the runway. You 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 yeah. don't just ah fuck it, <laughs> no you you have to see it, uh but um, uh but th- that was another thing when when McLean is out there uh, waving uh, his his fiery sticks, I don't know where that light was coming from, but you can play was super bright and you could see see the runway. So but a movie everyone, <laughs> so uh the the plane just overshoots John. And then just goes nose first uh, into the ground. Um, that, that's fucked up. I don't want. I don't want to. I don't ever want to see anything like that. And I don't want to be on one of those planes. But that plane just went, just slammed. Yeah. Around. And, and they 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 put the extras into it. They let you know that there was the elderly people on this plane, children. It it was kind of rough. And the pilot was that one asshole from um, Con Air. The dude that was uh, uh, oh the guy with the the got his uh his little sports car smashed up <laughs> yeah him <laughs> he, he was the pilot um that that's his real accent so I mean that guy's tricky he's just like Hans man he's tricky tricky with that accent uh, so that was really him talking that 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 way so I thought that was cool but anyway <clears throat> so the plane crashes John's like. He's out there on the runway crying I mean there was nothing that he tried to but there there was nothing they can do. I mean, but that was pretty fucking ruthless, though, uh, changing the coordinates and, and making that plane crash. I mean, that was just mm-hmm. because uh, they tried to because um, he told them, don't try to try to radio anyone. And they they tried and they paid the penalty. So he's like, fuck. So. Uh, oh, he went back. <coughs> Excuse me. Back to the airport, because I remember him sitting there looking all sad and everybody was still trying to figure out what was going on. Um, what happened after that? I think this is when um, John Amos's character, Major Grant, and his special forces is called in. Okay. Um, how did he um end up in the tunnel system or whatever with that that one guy? I don't remember how uh, he got in there. I think Stuart told him about it and then he oh. went down there and then that's when he ran into the janitor who thought he was trying to steal his records because apparently the janitor lives there for some reason. And that's another thing. <laughs> um, well, excuse me. At the two airports that, that I've worked at, I don't know if there's underground tunnels under the under the runways and everything. Everything. Maybe there is, I don't know, but I guess I should start asking uh, some of the some of the police I know <laughs> at the airport. <laughs> is there tunnels under here? And is there? Do you guys have a, a hobo for a janitor that fucking lives down there with his record collection? And it was I, I didn't understand why they made him like the janitor. He could have just been some guy that just stays down there. Uh, yeah, I, I I don't know. I, don't, I assume he was the one just. They fixed all the lights and pipes and everything that were down there, but I don't know. But then another thing, I don't know why there was steamy and, and all that down there. I'm like, well, what are you doing? <laughs> Where are all these pipes going to? 
it's besides disappointing everybody. So, because yeah, he was down there, and now that's when the uh, the uh, the general or colonel or whatever his uh, Esperanza his plane was coming in, because uh, he had told them, "Look, man, we're gonna light up a runway." Uh, Stewart told him, "We're gonna light up this runway, and if you guys try to land anything, you you, you already know what we can do. So I advise you not to tell anyone." He goes, we're going to light up this one, and then uh, the plane's going to come down. Uh, Esperanza was on this uh, military plane, and he uh, took out uh, the, the guard or whatever. the mil- It looked like, what, there was a three dude? Other than Esperanza, there was only three people on the plane. Uh, yeah. one, one dude to guard him, and then the, the pilot and the co-pilot. That's uh, not happening for a, a major... U- United States trials going down for a drug kingpin. You're not going to have, like... Three guys on him. No, nah, they would have had a, a full plane of military dudes after him. But movie, everyone. So he ends up killing the, the, the guard that was watching him. He goes into the cockpit and, and uh, trying to tell the pilot to uh, land at these coordinates. And then he's like, oh, I can't do that. And then he kills the the uh, co-pilot. And then he puts the gun on him. goes, well, if you kill me, who's going to land the plane? And he blows his brains out. And he jumps <laughs> in the seat. But by then, I think they were, uh, he, I don't know what happened. Some Something, I can't remember exactly, but he was like, I can't land at that runway, man. I got to land now. And so he was like, oh, so he just um, lands. Okay, like, okay, how come he can land uh, this plane in this snowstorm uh, with no runway lights and everything? But these big jet jet jetliners are crashing. Movie, everyone. So, because John's like when he's talking to the 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 hobo guy that's in the in the tunnels of the airport, he asks him. He's like, "Look, man, how do I get over to this runway?" And then he's like, "Ah!" And then he goes over to his maps and figures it out. Why does he have all these maps and blueprints? <sighs> to help John, man. Because if, oh, oh, okay. if he wasn't there, he wouldn't have knew where to go. Because when John was running around before he got, he found that guy. He was looking at something. I think uh, Barnes drew something for him to try to help him out, but John couldn't figure it out because he was looking all over the place, like what, what, and, and he was, what the hell did he say something like, "Man, we're just up to our our fucking eyeball eyeballs and terrorists again, John." And then he goes running away. I remember that was in uh, one of the trailers or teasers or whatever. Because I remember, I don't remember what I saw, but I remember when they showed that, and then they showed John. Uh, uh, well, they didn't know it was John McClane then. Bruce Willis running up to the camera, and then he said John, and I went, "Oh shit!" And I went, "Die Hard 2, Whenever it came out, <laughs> so I was like, "Oh shit!" That's when I was hyped. But anyway, so he figures out which runway uh, Esperanza is coming in on, and uh, he r- runs through the tunnels and gets the, the big goes up the little ladder to the to the grate um that goes onto the runway all right here's another thing i don't know we're, we're not allowed near the runway but uh i do not think there's the little drainage things there i don't know i could be wrong maybe there is maybe there isn't i don't know i, I there's these painted lines out there that we can't pass <laughs> so I, I don't even try i don't want to get hit by an airplane but uh yeah so he's uh he climbs up that ladder and because uh, he sees the plane coming in and he's like, 
if you can't open it high enough for you to crawl out, man, I'll just, uh, all right, I'll just let that plane land, then crawl out. <laughs> but then you needed some uh, little suspense in the film because once he, he gets out, he opens it a little, you see the plane already landing, and here it comes rolling straight at him. He's got his head out, then he's bringing his arms hella slow. I was like, no, I think I'm going to ran him over. But he makes it out just in time before the plane comes. All right, another thing right here I call bullshit on. That little grate that he lifted up to to get out um, was facing the airplane. I could understand if it was the other way and the airplane could have just rolled right over and it would have shut. That plane would have <laughs> something or stopped mm-hmm. and <laughs> caught a wheel, but movie, everyone. So anyway, so <laughs> John jumps out of the way. The plane stops. Uh, Esperanza comes out. What did he say? What did he say? I don't know. He said something. and then, or, No, he said freedom or I'm free or something like that. And then John just knocks him. Not yet. It's like, fuck. So he kind of jams him into the air, airplane. And here comes uh, Stuart and, and the gang. Uh, they all come uh, showing up. Um, how did Esperanza get out? Did he? Did they just start shooting? Yeah, they started shooting, and I think he jumped out, and then they were. That's when they. What did they do to to blow up the plane? Cause that's oh. when we get the the scene from the trailer when the when he ejects and the plane explodes and he's flying through there. When the, when they started shooting, I think he uh, John shot Esperanza in the arm, and then he jumped out, uh, and then Stewart and the gang. Oh, they threw grenades. Yeah, because he was like, McLean? He goes, I, I take it you're the one that's in there. And Because they, they started shooting up the plane. They filled it up the, the cockpit with holes and shot out all the windows. And then they were like, all right, this is another thing I call bullshit on. <laughs> they started throwing grenades uh, in the window. That first one would have blew up. I don't, again, never been in the military. I've never been in ground grenades or threw any of them. But I'm pretty sure you only got a few seconds, man. Those That... They must have gave him like They're movie grenades. <laughs> easily thirty seconds, <laughs> and I, I think they blow up way before that. Because <laughs> he, but I do love this part. This is like my favorite thing. Uh, it kind of reminded me of the the big thing when he jumped off the top of the building. Uh, he jumps in the seat, and then is there ejector seats in these big planes? I don't know. <laughs> So he jumps in there. Uh, the cockpit is filling up with grenades, and uh, they should have went off by then. But he straps in and then pulls the ejector uh, switch. And he, when he goes shooting out of the top, the plane blows up. When he's come flying straight to the camera, I love it because the way he comes at the camera is like ah, and then he starts to fall backwards. It's like oh shit, and then. <laughs> The parachute opens up, so Stewart and them are like, "All right, man, fuck him, let's go. We got what we wanted," and they end up taking off. Then I fuck. Does he go back to the airport? Yeah, he goes back, and then this is when they get the the. No, I think they find out where the church is, and they go to the church, and that's when uh, John Amos's character comes in and. He knows all about McLean and all this stuff. And you kind of can tell what's going to happen here with, with John Amos. Cause I think he goes back to the airport and uh, lets him know that oh, he got away because, um, 
I think he goes back to that uh, that hobo in, in the tunnels, and that's when they go hauling ass back to um to the police station uh, in the airport. And then that is when John Amos, what's his name in Good Times? Oh, James Evans Senior, mm-hmm. when he shows up, and they're like, "All right, he's yeah, he does, he knows McLean." He's kind of telling him, "All right, man." We're here. We got this. I know who this dude is, so don't worry about it. I know how he operates, so we're all good here. So I was like, all right. So yeah, I get. Oh, um, Barnes was the one that figured out uh, about the church. Yeah, and the uh, and the responder to the, the thing that was over there, because they end up going over there, and uh, that's when they had the uh, the big firefight, which I thought was cool because when they when they roll up the. Uh, John Amos uh, Grant. When they show up, uh, one of the guys uh, hit a tripwire, and the alarms went off inside the church. And they're like, "All right, man, we gotta go. Uh, we got someone outside." So they all start uh, loading up their weapons. Uh, what I liked about this, I didn't catch it the very first time I saw it, but when they go, "All right," and then everyone like gets their their ammo clips and they turn pull it out, flip it over, and shove it back in. And I didn't notice the the red and the blue tape on those things. Mm-hmm. So they just they see all the guys outside, so they just start unloading on the dudes, on the uh, the military guys that are outside. And there's a big, huge firefight. John is, oh no, but I think was it right before they they start firing? John um, he got to the church first because because yeah. that this is when he killed Meat with the um, with the ice uh, sickle when he jammed mm-hmm. it uh, in his eye. Yeah, so when all when the firefight happened, that's when uh, everybody escaped on those uh, snowmobiles. Yeah, because when they were all shooting up, and then they all ended up taking off. Uh, John went jumped on. Uh, he killed one of the dudes, and then took his uh, or he shot him, and that guy fell off of his snowmobile. He jumped on and went hauling half after Stewart and everyone. Um. Uh. So when uh, Barnes and the guys and. Uh, John Amos and them all rolled into the church. Um, Barnes was like, hey, man, we can use all this and we can start landing the planes. And then they're like, hold on a minute. And they started looking around. That's when they noticed that Stewart and the gang put uh, C4 uh, bombs under all the terminals. And like, this place is rigged to blow, man. We got to get out of here. So everyone just took off. Did they did it end up blowing up the church? I, I can't remember. I, I just. Can't. I just know McLean's chasing him on the snow machines, and he—that's uh, when he finds out that the um, the guns were loaded with blanks. That's right, because when one was passing him, it was like right in front of him when he started shooting it, and then he even looked at it like what? And they ended up shooting him, or not him personally, but they shot uh, his little snowmobile, and it blew up when he tried to jump it. So they just figured, ah, he's dead. Uh, let's go. So everyone, Stuart and the gang took off. Uh, John comes running back, and uh, he's like, I had him in my sights. I know I did. And he looked at it, and he pulled out the clip and looked at it. And then he's like, fuck. So he ended up, after everyone jumped in the in the trucks and took off, um, he goes back to the airport. And uh, he comes charging into the to the police station, and he's trying to tell the man. He goes, "They got away, and all this." And this is when uh, Lorenzo started screaming at him, "Arrest this man! Get him the fuck out of here!" And John was just trying to tell him what was going on. He goes, "It was a setup." And then he—that's when he pulls out that machine gun and just starts firing at Lorenzo. And he's like, "Ah, this is another thing I call bullshit on." 
immediately once you start firing that thing, all those cops that were with the, in that vicinity or in that room or in the hallway, they would have all opened fire on him. Because <laughs> everyone had their guns pulled out. Yeah, it's like we said, this is a very lax air, airport. <laughs> because once he stopped shooting and Lorenzo was like, okay, I'm still alive, everybody had their guns out pointing at John and nobody took a shot. And, uh, but then the movie would have been over. <laughs> so he pulls out. He goes, that's what they were firing out here. These were blanks. And then uh, uh, I like this part. Lorenzo was like, all right, I want everybody uh, suited up full gear uh, down the motor pool. It's time for us to kick ass. And then he shoves in his clip. Oh, this is when he came riding up with the uh, with the hobo guy in the little um, <laughs> in the little uh, police they are in the little uh, go-kart. Because they all go loading up, and he goes, just like Iwo Jima, and then everyone <laughs> goes hauling ass. Um, this is when we go to uh, Grant, uh, John Amos, and him and his gang. They kind of mentioned some earlier. Uh, one of their guys couldn't show up, so they had to find a replacement, uh, some young kids. Because so, they're all sitting in the back of this truck, and they're like, oh, man. He goes, they were talking about the old days. Oh, remember when we did this and that, or wherever they were? And that one guy was like, oh, yeah, I wish I was there. And then... Uh, Stewart Grant's like, yeah, I wish you were too. He pulls out his knife and just slits that guy's throat. And then, I mean, mm-hmm. these guys must be super ruthless because no one even like flinched. They all just looked at him like, all right, whatever. So, because John figured out that uh, Grant and those guys were all in on it, that they were a part uh, of uh, Stewart's gang to to get Esperanza out of, the, I assume, out of the country. So, um. I mean, and, and while all this is going on down the ground, uh, airplanes are circling around in the air. Um, Bonnie Bedelia, uh, John's wife, Holly, she's flying around in one of the planes. And uh, what's his name? Thornburg, uh, William Atherton, the, the asshole from the first one that she clocked in, in uh, the news guy. Yeah. He figured out what was going on because it was him and his, uh, one, I guess, his cameraman or whatever. He had yeah. a little device that he was able to listen to the cockpit so nitpick can you bring all that equipment onto the plane like that i think you can bring that but then again they said they were (laughs) they said they was trying to make him check it in so that told me he couldn't but he still did this is the most lax come on so if somebody works at dulles international airport let us know what really goes on. Yeah, and you have to have been there in the 90s <laughs> when everything was different. Um, I, I, again, I don't know. that That's that's not my department, but um, even if they wanted him to check it, you have to check it because you still got to go back through security. And there's no way you're getting that little. Yeah, it wasn't as big as maybe the size of a, a, a book, but there's no way you can get that through um, the metal detector, much less the... Uh, little x-ray machines that you got to put your, your carry-ons on. I don't know what he did, but however he did it, yeah, he was able to get that on the plane. <clears throat> but that's how they figured out uh, why all the planes were circling around and they were listening to all the uh, radio chatter about <clears throat> Stuart and everyone else. So they, oh no, what's his name? He ended up, uh, I can't remember what he, what he did, but uh, Barnes was able to talk to the to the airplanes, and he told them uh, that oh no no it was a because when they were 
when uh, uh, Thornburg's guy was trying to figure out what was going on, he, all he kept hearing was some kind of radio beacon. So whatever that mm-hmm. channel, the radio beacon was on, that was how they were able to talk uh, to the airplanes without Stuart and them hearing. So because he yeah. had told them, he explained the situation that there was terrorists on the ground. Uh, they're, they're, they took the airport hostage and everything, so we can't land anything. So that's when they were trying to tell him. And while the planes were circling around, they were saying, "We're running out of gas, man." Because the other way, we we got we got to start landing. Yeah, I hope I hope Barnes got promoted after this. Yeah, man, something. <laughs> so uh, the, the the John uh, they they all figured it out, uh, and then Stewart and Grant and and all their soldiers ended up getting uh, they. They got an airplane somehow. I assume just took uh, one of the ones <laughs> that were at the <laughs> airport. Luckily, there was a big giant. I don't know if it was a seven forty seven or whatever it was. Luckily, there was that just sitting around. Yeah, uh, it, it kind of says it was. It kind of seemed like it was a cargo plane because it, it didn't look like a, a regular uh, airliner in the inside. Because they loaded up all the all the the gang and everyone, and um, they were going to take off at Esperanza, so they were going to fly who knows where, and uh, just live happily ever after. But John goes, uh, he's still trying to figure, well, how the fuck am I going to do it? And this is when they, he's talking to Samantha, and, and they found out that they got a news helicopter. Um, luckily, that news helicopter was there at the airport with them, so <laughs> <laughs> they jump in that, and they go flying after him. And uh, the plane is still on the ground. He flies over. He goes, man, no way. He goes, can you just get in front of it and stop that plane? He goes, I ain't stopping that. And he goes, ah, well, just get me over the wing. So he hovered over the wing, and John jumped out, and he shoved his jacket or his coat into uh, one of the flaps. So the pilot was like, man, I, I, I can't take off, man. There's something going on. So that's when they looked out the window, and they saw uh, something jammed in the flap. So Stuart, no, uh, what's his name went out there first? Grant, he went out there. John Amos. He went out there and uh, got into some little uh, hand-to-hand action with John. All right, another thing. Other than <laughs> snowing, I'm sure that wings that another nitpick. If that plane was just sitting there waiting for who knows what, if if it was in a hang, was it in a hangar? I I, don't, I can't remember or not. When he got on the plane, or when they, well, no, it, I think it oh. was. I think it was in a hangar, because I was just about to say, if that plane was sitting outside, you'd have to de-ice that thing and everything to make sure. Because if if you don't de-ice those planes that are sitting on the ground, uh, it's bad news. So I think it was in a hangar because I'm right now I'm picturing a hangar open up, and and the and the plane coming out of it. So never mind, no de-icing is needed because there's no ice or anything on the plane. So that's when it goes hauling down the runway. I was just about to say, man, that that wing should have been slick and slippery, uh, <laughs> but it, it was nice and dry. <laughs> so uh, the, I liked with them when they were getting into a fight. And then uh, it was a Grant uh, or John got the best of them, and Grant fell over uh, and was hanging over the uh, one of the engines on the wing. All right, another nitpick. <laughs> When those planes are taxiing down, just taxiing, not on the runway, those engines are going full speed. I mean, I don't remember how many engines were on that plane. Maybe two big ones, uh, maybe four. I don't know. But no, you're not. Those those engines aren't just idling the way that one, because when the camera showed up, it was like the propeller or the little blades that are in, in the engine 
were just barely spinning. I was like, no, but that that's nitpick everyone. Because if you because he was hung there for a minute, and if that that engine should have been going full speed, he would have he would have got sucked in instantly. He wouldn't have hung there for a few seconds. So, oh, he he flew in the engine and then got diced up and shot out the back. Uh, but then that's when uh, Stewart comes out, and then they get into a karate match. Did he he pulled out a big knife on him? Didn't he? Yeah, because I think he sliced up John a couple times. And then, uh, shit, how did he kill him? Uh, let me see. I got a, didn't he knock him into the, the, the engine? No, uh, Grant, Grant got knocked in the engine. Oh, you're talking about Stuart? Yeah. Um, they did the, the thing that I hate to do in movies because McLean had opened the, the fuel hatch. Cause John got knocked off the wing and he was kind of hanging under it. And then he, opened up the fuel hatch and, and yeah and then they did the he put the the lighter on the the, the little stream of uh, fuel and it just exploded the plane which I have a problem with this <laughs> you I don't think it would happen like that but the thing that really bothers me is him and McLean did not have a showdown I don't understand what was that? Not uh, not a long one. I mean, they took a few punches before John fell off the plane. <laughs> yeah, they needed a. I just felt like a knockout. I mean, he had a longer fight with uh, the the ballet dancer Carl in the first one, <laughs> and in this one, they for some reason we have to know that Stewart can do naked kata in the beginning and flexing his ass muscles and. So I, I always felt like they, they should have had some kind of fight because they're they're kind of teasing you that that Stuart knows martial arts and stuff like that. And we just didn't get it <laughs> because, I mean, th- this is another thing I call bullshit on. Uh, I watch fuelers put put uh, fuel into our, in, into those planes. I don't think there's as far as I know, I could be wrong. Don't no one quote me on it, but. As far as just uh, an emergency uh, drain, like how he just opened it up and, it, and the fuel started pouring out. Hmm. Uh, I don't Again, I don't know. I mean, this just me. Just I, I've seen many planes get fueled. I don't know if there's something where you can just open it up and start letting it fall out. But Yeah, because, uh, I mean, like when you go gas your car, you don't open the, the, the you don't take the cap off and gas shoots out. Yeah. So, I mean, I. I don't know. I mean, I could be wrong. Maybe one of you guys are fuelers. One of you guys or gals are, are fuelers that fuel the airplanes. I, I don't know, but I'm just going on what I've seen. Uh, yeah. So we, we need answers. <laughs> yeah, so we need, um, shit, if my buddy was away, I could have texted him. He used to, to, to fuel the planes. But anyway, um, he opens it up. Gas starts pouring out. He falls off the, off the, the, the wing and then, that's when uh, the plane rolls up. Stewart jumps back in the plane thinking everything's all fine and dandy. And then everybody's on the plane smoking cigars. Uh, the plane's about to take off. John pulls out his lighter, his Zippo or whatever. And yippee, kaye, motherfucker. And throws his thing onto the to the gas. And then it lights up and goes shooting down the runway. And I guess it could have went right up into the wing. <laughs> I mean, yeah, gas is falling, but uh, it shoots and 
<laughs> the flames go right into the gas tank or into the engine and the whole thing blows up and it's like a cartoon almost <laughs> evil is punished and uh, another thing another nitpick right here yeah yeah the plane is blown up and everything but I don't know how long gas burns uh, especially like that but uh, it made a long and I don't know how long it was either but it made a long uh, fire line uh, that the airlines could see and they're like because a lot of them were like man we gotta land or we're gonna crash because we're running out of gas and they see it and they're like hey man there's a light come on come around so all the planes are, are coming in right after another so because they all see it and everyone's like yeah they can use the flames for for lights so all the planes start landing so everybody lands all the planes holly planes lands good she ends up falling jumping off oh well, uh, really quick before uh, when Thornburg was, um, when he found out what was happening, um, he recorded all the the, the radio chatter that, that was going on with the, with the tower mm-hmm. and everything, and that's when he got a hold of his uh, news network and they he was going live talking about uh, what was happening. He doesn't know if they're going to survive this. Um, <clears throat> luckily, the news TVs were on in the airplane, and Holly went and saw it. Another nitpick. I don't know how security was and all that in in eighty nine, probably when this happened. But I'm pretty sure you couldn't bring on a taser gun uh, onto the airplane because <laughs> <laughs> Holly's uh, the lady's the old lady sitting next to her, and she had one like a stun gun or whatever. And I was like, I mean, there's no way you can bring those on the plane now, uh, but. Again, this airport is pretty lax on, on what you can bring mm-hmm. and what you can't bring on the airplane. I mean, that, that's another nitpick. Why? Can't, how come he can't bring on his little radio equipment uh, that's not a weapon, but you can bring a, a clear weapon uh, onto the plane? <laughs> I don't know, everybody. <laughs> so, um, so she because they they find out he's he's in the bathroom talking to the news network, and they open it open the door, and Holly zaps him. Uh, with the stun gun, and he gets knocked out. All right, flash forward. Planes are all on the ground. Everybody's coming out through the emergency slides. I like how they threw him down. He was still knocked out, and they just threw him down <laughs> down the slide. He came sliding down. Luckily, he stopped. I thought he would have just shot right off and landed onto the runway, but uh, he's there, and he John sees Holly, and she's like, why does this always happen to us? And then this is when the hobo uh, guy comes rolling up in his little golf cart. And then the movie's over. All right, last nitpick, everyone. The camera pulls back. You see all the planes on the ground. Uh, the way they were all just, they must have just landed and parked any old way. No way that, <laughs> that would happen. <laughs> that would pretty much, once you got onto the runway, you're going to roll and roll out of the way. Get off the runway so the next plane could come in. It seems like they just stopped. Didn't even roll off, didn't even get into the taxiway and then just started letting everyone off. And I don't know how many planes are on the ground, but uh, I was like, no, <laughs> but a anything movie, goes a at this airport. <laughs> yeah. If you fly into Dallas International, just remember anything goes and <laughs> security is lax there. But uh, all the nitpicks and everything, I mean, laughing around and everything, it still doesn't take it away. This is an awesome film. Mm-hmm. Uh, evil is punished uh, for the for the time being, and, and I liked I liked all the fighting, uh, the gunfights, and all that, and uh, crazy off the wall action. Well, we got all that in the first film, so it's not like 
Uh, they kind of stepped it up a little in this one uh, with the action and everything. But overall, again, I do I do enjoy this film. Uh, I watch it from time to time. And uh, I think this is the first time we ever covered it on anything I've done. But, um, mm. yeah, uh, if I have to grade the first one, that that's a 10 right out the gate. Yeah. This one, um, I'll give it an eight. Uh, I enjoy it. So, and, and eight is a is a high score, but I'll I'll give it that eight. Yeah, I could I could see that. The first one's a definite ten. It's a classic, outright classic, classic Christmas movie. Everybody, <laughs> uh, this one I, I'll go a little bit lower than you and give it a seven point five. I um. I would have liked to see more with uh, William Sadler's character and uh, a little less, little less of the, the, the comedy little, little remarks uh, John McClane was doing. He I kind of wanted him to be more like he was in the first movie, but overall the good action movie. I know we, we nitpick the second one a whole bunch, but you know, that's what we, <laughs> that's, that's what we do, but it's definitely, uh, a, a must watch if you're a fan of the franchise or a fan of the first one and never seen any of the other ones. Yeah. Shout out to uh, Tom Bauer. Uh, he was the, the hobo guy, Marvin, <laughs> that worked <laughs> in the airport. <laughs> he's he's the real MVP. That guy knew everything. Him and uh, what was the other guy? Barnes? Yeah. Yeah. They, they need to run that airport. Yeah. Give those two guys a race. Um, but yeah, again, awesome film. I loved it. Uh, yeah, we nitpicked it and talked all kinds of crazy shit about it, but it's still, it's still a good movie. I, I loved it. Uh, oh yeah, this one was a Die Hard Two, Die Harder. So, <laughs> all right. Yeah, cool. I, don't, I don't like that name. I didn't either. Just Die Hard Two. Yeah. Uh, Rennie Harlan has done a uh, a lot. Uh, of movies looks like he's still uh, directing something called the misfits i guess the last thing he did came out in 2019 bodies at rest i never even heard of that um i guess he's got something coming out pretty soon Ooh, oh i don't even know how to pronounce this lou okakokas three i don't know what the, I'm, I'm sure i'm saying that wrong <laughs> all right looks like a a finland comedy uh, all right. <laughs> so I uh, didn't even know there was a one and two. So, but uh, that's what he's doing. But if I have to pick a favorite movie, uh, Rennie Harlan directed, I will go not Nightmare on Elm Street 4, Dream Master. Garbage. Mm-hmm. Um, Cliffhanger, we did. We enjoyed that one. Um, I hated Cutthroat Island. Long Kiss Goodnight was cool. Now the uh, Christmas movie. <laughs> I did enjoy Exorcist the beginning. Um, I know a lot of people didn't. 12 Rounds was cool. That one with John Cena. But I am going to go with my favorite Rennie Harlan fan will be Deep Blue Sea. Came out in 1999 with the great ladies love LL Cool J. Uh, I thought it was cool. And Punisher. Uh, the second Punisher. Um God damn it, what's his name? Um uh, I can uh, see Thomas Jane? Yeah, Thomas Jane. He was the yeah. second Punisher. Original Punisher is Dolph Lundgren. I haven't seen Deep Blue Sea in a long time. Oh shit, I forgot Michael Rappaport was in that. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy <laughs> like movie that. you guys haven't seen it. Yeah. I think I would go with 
I gotta go with cliffhanger because uh, you can't you can't uh, avalanche and cold weather can't beat Stallone. No, it can't. Uh, no jacket, no no, no beanie, nothing. <laughs> nope. But at least had his gloves on. Did you see Twelve Rounds? I like that one. The first one. Uh, yeah, yeah, I seen it. Not that one with um, what's his name, the Viper. Randy, Randy Orton. Orton. Yeah, I tried. I say yeah, I'm good. <laughs> I think I just. Yeah, he's he's he's. I don't think he's meant to have a film career. No. Um, from what I understand, I heard it was supposed to be CM Punk, but then all that stuff happened with him, so he couldn't. Uh, he, he Vince said no. <laughs> so. I'm gonna I'm make a prediction right here. CM Punk will be back 2021. I don't know where, but he will be back. 2021. Uh, if he does, if you guys listen to what's her name, Renee Young show, he would come back if the money was right and there's audience. He said he mm-hmm. uh, he wouldn't come back if there's not an audience, mm-hmm. which I understand because I think he would he would want that pop. Uh, I know there's a lot of CM Punk fans, and I know there's a lot of people that hate him. Because back, live, man. I'll be screaming yeah, for him. First live show WWE does in Chicago. Oh yeah, that's when you that's when you debut them. So every time there's a Chicago show, you guys better buy. Be it live show, pay per view. He would come out at a pay per view. I don't think he would just do a house show. But I don't know. We'll see. But all right, everyone, that is Die Hard and Die Hard Two, Die Harder. Brian, what, what do we you got? got? What do we got next? Oh. What do we got next? We are celebrating the awesome show Cobra Kai by jumping in a deep dive into the Karate Kid franchise. So our next episode, we are doing the first two movies. After that, we are doing part three, and we got to do it in this <sighs> canon, the next Karate Kid, and then the third show, we're going to go through three seasons of Cobra Kai. All right. Um, the next Karate Kid. Uh, all right. Got to do it. Got to do it. I'll save it for uh, for that show, everyone. So uh, be <laughs> sure to tune in to all, all of those. Um, yeah, I guess that's it. No. Uh, any Anything else? Uh, no, uh, definitely. Listen, if you guys are new to Action Returns, definitely go back and let. What, what number are we on now? Uh, 20 something yeah let me check I, I don't know I always gotta check we do so many of these uh, yeah. this is episode number 24 okay uh, sorry everyone this is this one's out so late it should have been out a long time ago but uh, if you know me personally all kinds of craziness happened so yeah life happened so. Yeah, so we got it out. Uh, it was supposed to be with the the holiday stuff, but it's still. Um, well, happy New Year for everyone! <laughs> if <laughs> if this is the first time listening to this show, but yeah, we'll be back next week. Uh, it'll be awesome! I, I can't wait to talk uh, Daniel Son and, and the gang. So yeah, as far as that, everyone, um, thank you for listening. Please be safe out there. This is all too real. Uh, I know it firsthand. 
and I just want you guys all to be safe and let's mm-hmm. let's try to have a better year than we did last year. I know some craziness and nonsense happened already to kick off 2021, but let's let's get over that and let's let's stand together everyone. But most of all, please be safe out there and I'll see you guys next week. So until then, party on. Yep, and make sure, everybody make sure you subscribe to the Horror Returns uh, Network on anywhere you stream uh, podcasts. Definitely subscribe to the Skater Net, Nez Podcast Network and follow us. We're all over social media. Just search for us. So, till next time, everybody stay safe. <laughs>